0: Wrestle plug for, for for life, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to hashtag get plugged in. The refreshing, empowering moment that we have all wanted from WWE. It's like ordering uh, a medium pizza and then turning up with an extra large and a bottle of coke. You absolute moldy cheese fucking Baby Bell Dairy lead dunker shit. What happens is these fucking people live in this fantasy land. Everyone got their shit in, everyone got each other over, everyone looked good, and made the industry look great. People need to fucking back the fuck off Ronda Rousey.
1: Nutapult
0: wrestling talent. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Wrestling our Podcast. It's the State of Wrestling Address. Every week we review the wrestling topics and we have got a stacked one for you. We've got plenty of things to discuss. Alcoholics, Raw, AW, and some sad news as well. Um. <sighs> Wow, it is a massive, massive week for wrestling, plenty to discuss, but of course, with all of this on the tablet, I cannot possibly handle it by myself. I'm Aaron Nix, but joining me to discuss everything that you've seen from wrestling and beyond in the past week, Kyle, Canada's favorite clinic, because Kenny Omega is a massive douche, Wilkinson. Uh, it's funny because
2: it's true yeah there's a there's a bunch of shit to talk about today isn't there
0: yeah there is and what better place to start but with a giveaway ladies and gentlemen let's get all the flim flam all the fucking promotion out of the way now don't forget of course at WrestlePlug on social media or of course WrestlePlug.com not to mention at xcar under slash Wilkinson if you want to chat to the man himself and of course at Aaron Nick's design if you'd like to commission me for a piece of art or just fawn over all my lovely sketches uh, just so you guys. Know until this midnight on Sunday, this midnight, this Sunday at midnight, uh, I will be providing a completely free piece of art for anybody who buys a t shirt from pro wrestling slash wrestle plug. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Basically, you will get that. I'll be completely free of charge. Nothing else. There's no hidden cost. There's no sort of like you know hidden agenda here. Buy a t shirt. Let me know you've bought a T-shirt. If I don't get the confirmation myself, just, you know, just to make sure it's always nice to get that confirmation and you can have a custom made piece of art. I'll make it exclusively for you. Doesn't matter what you want. I will make it for you. Obviously within reason and limitations, you know, I'm obviously not going to be able to make you a, I don't know, an A15 sized fucking portrait of, I don't know, your house or whatever, but if you want like your favorite wrestler, maybe you want me to sketch your pet or something doesn't really matter. You give me the idea, whatever excites you, whatever you'd like to be put on. Maybe you want something like a social header, social media header. I can do that too. It's entirely up to you. So check out the designs, let us know. And if you are going to buy a t-shirt, make sure that you contact me and let me know via at WrestlePlug. So with that out of the way, it's time to promote something particularly special because we're not the only ones giving away interesting things. However, these (laughs) are not really giveaways. Um... Carl Wilkinson, would you consider yourself an aficionado of wine? A connoisseur? A coiner, sir?
2: Um, I've actually never found a wine that I really enjoy drinking.
0: I don't like wine. Um, a lot of people around me drink wine, you know. Um, but for me, it's, hmm. I mean, my partner drinks wine. A lot of my friends drink wine. As you get older, especially when you get into your 30s, especially if you start hanging around with unbelievably boring social circles, Don't worry, that's not me. But a lot of people around me, obviously, married kids and stuff, they like a glass of wine. And what better place to look for a glass of wine? You know, you could go to, you know, a distillery or, you know, somewhere special, go to a vineyard. But why bother when you could go, you know, you could go to the vineyard or you could go to the graveyard. (laughs) Because starting now on pre-order, ladies and gentlemen, if you head to wwewines.com, I swear to God, this is not fake. You can have drinking with the dead man. <laughs> um, WWE are selling limited edition wines to celebrate the careers of not only the Undertaker, but also the ultimate warrior, which seems in fairly poor taste, probably literally and figuratively. <laughs> um, so basically put, would you like a bottle of wine with a label on it? Well, WWE can give it to you. Uh the Undertaker 2018 Cabernet Sauvignon. I cannot believe this is something I'm talking about on a podcast, much less a wrestling podcast. Limited edition 30 barrel series to honor the Phenom's 30 year career. Oh, fuck's sake. Um but yeah, uh, each Undertaker bottle is marked with an individual bottle number as well as the barrel it came from. Ooh! Now, the Ultimate Warrior is a 2019 Zinfandel. What the fuck is that? <laughs> uh, each limited edition bowl is individually numbered uh, and also features one of three unique corks produced with different images and sayings from the warrior himself. And if you're very like, you might have actually got a cork that Vince McMahon has used personally for something, I have no idea. Um, before I ask Carl Wilkinson what he thinks of this, uh, Carl, do you know how much these bottles of wine are going to cost?
2: Uh, I'm going to say too damn much.
0: So if you would like two bottles, uh, by the way, you can order two bottles of each. You could bo- you could order four bottles or you could order six. And what you can do is you can either order all of the same or you can, by, by the way, they're currently on pre-order. and still available on pre-order, which shows that they're not very popular. Um, but you can also order a mix and mash. So maybe you want to have three bottles of wine or three bottles of the other. Now, if you order two bottles, it will cost you the portly sum. See what I did there? Port. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, There's plenty more alcoholic puns coming, so get ready, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Yeah, if you want two bottles, it will be $100 uh, plus $20 shipping. Four bottles, $200 with $20 shipping. And... With a $25 discount, if you order six bottles, Carl Wilkinson, for the sheer sum of $275, plus $20 shipping, you can have six bottles of wine of your choosing. Um, WWE has been known to sell some right shit over the years. This is something else entirely, and as somebody who is surrounded by wine aficionados and people who... I'll put it in context for you before I let Carl have at it. $100 for two bottles of wine. Now, I'll go out and buy my partner a bottle of wine. Um, Normally, white wine is the preferred tipple. And you can get a half decent bottle of wine for about the equivalent of $7. Seven to ten dollars, you know. Now, I know a lot of people, there's probably some people listening, seven dollars, you fucking cheapskate. Turns out my partner doesn't think there's much difference in the taste. So, why would you bother buying a ludicrously expensive bottle of wine? So, in theory, for these two bottles of wine, I could get close to, I want to say, 14, 15 bottles of wine. For my partner for the same price Which you know would fill an entire Fucking rack for most people At home so that will give you an idea Of how ludicrous that price is but I, I'm a little bit stuck for What to say about this what do you think mate
2: I think it's A little bit insane I mean Like I, I love to drink I think drinking is great But A I don't drink wine. B if I'm going to I'm not also going to spend a ridiculous amount of extra money to go, man, a wrestling company made some wine? A bitch it's shit hot. Let's go. It's probably gonna be really, really bad. I, t- Man, Vince will do anything for money money. at this point. I don't think he understands um
0: the world as it is. Or as it ever was. I think he's lost his shit, yeah. I, I definitely think this is a Vincent McMahon idea this is a terrible concoction <laughs> of ideas. Um sorry. <laughs> it's just it'll never stop. There is just I just I, I it's so ludicrous. I even find it hard to take the piss. Price notwithstanding, I expect that from WWE. Of course they've got a fucking price people out on the market. I mean, six bottles for three hundred dollars. Like close enough. Holy shit, three hundred dollars. That's about two hundred and fifty quid for our English listeners. Um, fuck off. <laughs> it's just a ridiculous amount of money. I I I know people who bought second-hand cars for that, <laughs> like albeit not very good ones, but they have. Like I think of all the things I could buy, you know. And let's be honest, right? Most people I know who drink wine can go for a bowl. Just like that. Nick Payne's missus, for instance, I'm pretty sure she can get through a bottle just like that. My partner can get through a bottle just like that. Um, You know, loads of people... Wine isn't something that you just have half a glass of. (laughs) And if you do, it's one big ass fucking glass. Um, But uh, I just... I don't know what else to say. It's ridiculous. But it's also kind of amusing. Um, also, the fact that they're promoting... Right? Now, the Undertaker thing, good idea. You've got to celebrate the Undertaker, you? Especially now that his career is slowly winding up. Although I'm not putting anything past him having another match. I don't trust him at all. Um, but that being said, the, the Ultimate Warrior... When... You know, we're talking about an individual here that you released a DVD of called The Self-Destruction of the Ultimate Warrior. And... Now I'm not sure that he had an alcoholic issue. I'm pretty sure, just going out on a a whim here, but I think he might have had a slight substance problem at some point. Um, just just putting it out there, rest his soul. Um, but yeah, it just I, Ultimate Warrior seems like a really odd suggestion. Uh, but you never know Vince McMahon is very good at raising the bar and being disgraceful uh, coming up next week we'll probably have special five star hotel packages uh, based on the Jimmy Snooker brand you know we could have those oh, Jesus um, Christ oh, sorry, sorry everyone sorry uh, <laughs> that's allegedly by the way uh, you know we, we might even have some um, no, do you know what I've got others but they're so horrendous that I think I might actually upset other people so um, no but I'll save them for after the podcast and hey if you subscribe to our OnlyFans, maybe you get some extra content. We haven't got an OnlyFans yet, but we might do. You never know. Who doesn't want to see Carl Wilkinson's feet? Come on, man. Would you, I mean, would you show your feet?
2: Scar. I mean, I've got a giant scar on my leg right now, so you might not uh, get the greatest that enjoyment. Um, I got it from work, actually. Yeah. Like break, breaking in new boots, there's just like this huge... It was originally just like, you know, the kind of burn you get from breaking in new boots, but then just kind of turned into a really
0: deep hole. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> um, just, just the, see, you missed a real opportunity. It could have been like, yeah, I was like, you know, fucking trying to tame a velociraptor or <laughs> something. Instead, it's like, I was breaking in my new boots. Oh boy. <laughs> <I'll> oh <enough>. boy. <laughs> oh boy. Those are, those are not real boots. Um, uh, it's fine it's (laughs) not canon um so yeah that's that's that is what it is fair enough fair enough so carl but hey scar or not carl wilkinson is more than willing to whore himself out for money and so am i at this point believe me although i'd like to think mine is slightly more artistic but i'd like to think that there is something very artistic about the sexualization of a man's feet do you wonder i wonder actually this is i'm curious let's just run off on the tangent for a minute so women's feet are very popular aren't they particularly on, like, kink sites, you know, OnlyFans, stuff like that. Do you think that women look at men's feet the same way? Because every partner I've had has looked at my feet, you know, and I actually have, this is weird for me to say, but I actually think I have pretty decent feet. They're in pretty good nick, you know, I look after my feet. I don't just kind of, like, you know, some men clearly just don't cut their nails or whatever. I look after my feet. I don't have a fucking pedi or any nonsense like that, but, you know, I, I clean my feet properly and give them a good scrub and all that sort of nonsense, but I cannot imagine anyone paying hard earned cash to see a man's feet. Do you think there's some woman slapping the disc giving it the old DJ spinner to someone's feet? Oh 100 percent Yeah. There's there's something for everyone. There, there has there? to be. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's multiple categories of porn. There really is. I um we'll have to break those down at some point in a special edition of this podcast. <gasps> Here's an idea. If you listen in, send us in your wrestling related porn themes. It must be something we can do there. Wrestlers as porn stars or something like that. That could be a lot of fun. With all the grapples and the holds. I mean, come on. Pile Driver fucking writes itself, doesn't it? <laughs> There's plenty of stuff there. I reckon half of these names could be reappropriated to make some sort of porn company. I mean, hell. I mean, didn't WWE accidentally copy Brazzers with the uh, submission sorority? <laughs> so, you know, enough said, really. God, I have way too much of a good memory for absolute. Garbage. Now, speaking of absolute garbage, let's start (laughs) off our week of coverage with WWE Raw. So uh, uh-huh. I know that you watch WWE Raw, which is why I want to get into it, because I'm not sure how much of the rest of the week's content you've seen. And of course, we're recording this on a Thursday night, so uh, Smackdown, I'm afraid, will have to wait. Oh, Boo-hoo-hoo. So unless Alexa Bliss gets naked, you won't be getting much content on that. And my God, if she does, you're getting a lot of content. Um, or uh, nonetheless, mating with a rabbit of some sort or anything else. Uh, I see rabbit as well. Rampant rabbit. There you go. Rampant rambling rabbit. That's fucking. Come on, man. It writes itself. I mean, <laughs> you're selling wine. You can do anything else with this. And Summers, hit me up if you want a, a little cheeky side commercial. Now, WWE Raw centered mostly around the Retribution angle. Uh, retribution essentially has been a load of people that look like slightly more aggressive ninjas, Akira Tozawa's ninjas. Uh, so, very, very strange that you would have both. Uh, running parallel because it's very easy for people to take the piss. But the whole idea of retribution is that, let's be honest, it's the Nexus, but with hoods in it. That's what it is, you know. Um, and very much in the same premise because it seems like they're using, well, we already knew this, but they're using a lot of NXT's, I don't want to say throwaway talent because I don't think that's fair because some of these people are actually decent workers, really good workers. You know, some of them I would hate, you know, have the potential to be. Superstars inverted commas, but we got a glimpse of five of them, didn't we, this week? Now there were three men and two women. Um the women, luckily for them, at least for now, didn't get given names. Um, so the whole thing centered around them coming out, causing hassle, uh basically saying that you know WWE. Uh, performers are whores they're disgusting, they're commercialised this is coming from the same people who apparently in kayfabe have just signed contracts with WWE which is (sighs) I mean, I could poke an army of holes through this already, and this is the biggest problem here. I like logic, and I like continuity. Now, anyone who's anyone recognized the majority of the talents that were being used on this role. For instance, me and him on the microphone. I think that was pretty feckin' obvious, particularly with the hair color, don't you think? Uh, Mercedes Martinez. Now, the other three were Donovan Jack. That was pretty obvious. Uh, he was the first one I kind of spotted. Um, Dio Madden which is quite cool. That, that's a weird That's a weird one for me, because the last time we saw him, he got the shit out of him by Brock. Yeah,
2: and, and also Alex he was a nice guy in a
0: suit on commentary. However, However, if anything, he's probably got the built-in storyline to come back and have a go at it using that, which would be quite cool. Um, the other individual was somebody who I love ripping the shit out of, and Aaron Cruz, I know you're listening, my good brother Jack, who is a pro wrestler like myself, Um, he will love this. Shane Form is the old one, the you know, rat-faced dagger. So... <laughs> Um, Who's
2: that guy? I don't think I've ever heard of him.
0: No, I did fuck I don't know some scrub from I don't know New Zealand, Samoa. Nobody gives a shit. Oh, uh, sounds <laughs> like a shitty place. Yeah, uh, Samoa isn't. No. Samoa is lovely and please don't come for me all of the Islanders because yeah plus I look like an Islander so I've got I love Samoa by the way I love watching their rugby team just they're not very skillful but they're incredibly violent it's a bit like watching that shitty ice hockey team that starts the best fights you know they're not going to win the games but they're damn sight more entertaining than the majority um so, yeah, Retribution versus the Hurt Business. And this went back and forth all night and ended with the main event. And of course, we got a big old clusterfuck at the end. Drew McIntyre comes down to save today, gets RKO by Randy Orton. That's a kind of running theme, quite, quite a good rivalry in itself, to be honest. But Retribution, you know, there's no win. Surprise, surprise. Um, before I ask you what you think, I absolutely must get to the names of these guys. So they named the three men who wrestled in this main event, and I cannot believe Shane Fawn uh, main event. Sure raw. They sure did.
2: They Shane, sure did
0: give them some names. Shane Fawn, main evented Raw. Talk about so.: rent. I'm not. I happy still know about who that. this is. Like <sighs> it must, must be must be pretty decent, I guess. You know. Um. No. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So their names are so Dio Madden is now called Mace. Fantastic. uh Shane Ford is Slapjack, which is quite appropriate, I think. <laughs> Don't you think that's hilarious? I swear to God, slap. Jack, are you kidding me? He's basically <laughs> named after the one geezer who faps over him in his basement. Unnecessary. Oh, I cannot believe it. Jack, I cannot. Jack's going to lose his shit over that. Literally, my mate Jack is his biggest fan. He thinks he's the bollocks and they've named him Slapjack. I cannot believe it. Um, and um, Donovan Jack is a um, uh, cosplay of Bane from back. I mean, sorry, he's a T-Bar. <laughs> T-Bar is what he is. He may as well be called T-Bane because the state of it. What the hell happened? If they put a voice modulator on him, by the way, what you need to understand is I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> it's like, uh, this would he merely, work. He, he merely 1960s. adopted the voice changer. He did. Like, what the fuck happened to Dijak? He, I thought he had a lot of potential. Um, but apparently WWE has decided, fuck you. And also, the one thing that sets Jack apart, right, he's insane athleticism for a man his size. What do they do? Have him come in and do a load of standard brawling Come on Um, What do you think about Retribution mate? You watched Raw What did you think about everything that unfolded throughout the night The brawls backstage and ultimately the main event Which just ended in a big old clusterfuck DQ finish
2: Uh, I'll be honest I gave up on Raw at some point When did I give up I don't know because Raw was just It was objectively bad (laughs) I I don't
0: Are you like the use of the word objectively
2: (laughs) Wrestling is the most subjective thing in the world. There it is. I, I, th- I think that's incredibly safe and fair to say. But I can't think of a single person that could find a single good thing about what happened on Monday. This retribution stuff is ridiculous. Why is the Hurt Business like the front line against them? Because aren't they supposed to be a heel team? Retribution is also obviously a heel team. Thing, I'm not gonna call them a team I'm not gonna call them a group, I'm gonna call them Um, just a bunch of people I'm really sad for Cause they're all great And now they're stuck with this shit You know Vince is just fapping in his office He just loves all of this Ugh What else happened on
0: Raw Vince has just seen Batman, though, hasn't he? You can tell he's oh. just seen Batman. He's like, that Bane guy has money. Hey, dodge, I put this mask on. Oh my God, it's uncanny. Now get out there, Why? Fab over a $300 wine, you son of a bitch. Like, it's just, <laughs> the whole thing is so fucking disturbingly mundane, is <laughs> what it is. Like, And also, did you see their entrance? So they didn't have music, but they had, like, retribution, cheap retribution graphics just blasted everywhere. So the Thunderdome turned into the Epilepsy Dome because you were like, Jesus Christ, like, the amount of retribution signs. It just... The whole thing was dumb. Now, the match actually wasn't bad. I will say one thing. The reason the Hurt Business are up against them, it, it, obviously it is dumb. They're a heel group. And they still maintain that by attacking the other black guys, which seems to be their gimmick, <laughs> which is very strange. Like, we're going to beat up all the other black guys until they join us. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, works for me. i got to say, I kind of like them. I love the suits, you know. I love the style. I really love Bobby Lashley. I think he's found himself uh, the right place to be. Because he's got the mouthpiece of MVP. Uh, He's got good backup in Alexander and, you know, Benjamin. Obviously, they're a bit jobbery mid-card at this point. But, hey, they're good as, like, you know, numbers. And if you get – I honestly, I'm surprised they haven't put Ricochet in this group Yeah, You know, just chuck him in as well and make him a legitimately cool faction. You know, I I think there's a lot of potential there. And let's be honest, mate. We could do with a bit more love for black wrestlers and black culture right now. With what is going on? Because frankly, it's a fucking joke. Don't get me started on that fucking horse shit. I may make mention of this uh, later on at the end of the podcast. But Jesus Christ, like you know, like you say, the Hurt Business or the Hurt Locker, which I assume was taken by the movies. I mean, um, yeah, I was going to say, isn't that, wasn't that a movie that was? It is. It's a good one, isn't not, it? I'm told it's quite good. I don't good. think I liked it. I'm told oh, okay. like it's him. quite famous. Isn't it like a kind of sort of modern day warish film? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Uh, I've kind of, I haven't really done a great deal to be honest since March, other than churn out a shit ton of artwork and play a lot of video games. Um, yeah. 2020 ladies and gentlemen, great fun. Yeah. I just, for me, there's, there's hint like anything in WWE. There are hints that it could be good, but they are completely snuffed out by the hilarious inadequacy of the storytelling and the storylines and the creative. The creative is shit, you know. And also, they seem to have an a finite amount or an infinite amount, should I say, uh, of individuals to attack people with, you know. Like, and also, it kind of tied in. So, obviously, Drew McIntyre got injured again. Well, you know, the the running storyline is he's got a broken jaw which is just what you need when you're wrestling Keith Lee (laughs) and then getting attacked by Randy Orton, the most dangerous man on the, so what I love about this is the inconsistencies, because what you've said is that these guys are kind of a, you know, retribution are a kind of vigilante mob. So why would a vigilante mob who are speaking about the oppression and commercialization of wrestling, sign a contract with the world's biggest corporation and their excuse for this on commentary fantastic work as always by uh you know jerry lawler (laughs) was that why was he even there yeah i was gonna say i don't think i don't know why samoa joe wasn't there but that was a fucking terrible decision as well and did not help matters. jerry lawler and byron saxton are having a fucking white off on that commentary table it's disturbing um for me like what pisses me off is the fact that their only excuse for that was, Oh, they gave them a contract because then it would stop them behaving the way they are, but they haven't stopped the way they're behaving. So, why would you give them the contract? then? short. What? <laughs> it makes no sense. That first of all, is your first hole of logic, you know, and consistently along with the fact that they're out here saying that they're anti-corporation acting as part as of- pod. These are the kind of people, right? This is the equivalent of a hipster saying, uh, yeah, I, uh, only like fair trade, which is why I drink fair trade coffee while tweeting it on his Apple, you know, his iPhone. <laughs> like, the whole thing is just so fake and flimsy. Um, also, the masks, cheap shit. They just look tacky. They look like Bane cosplays. They, just, they don't suit them, you know. And also, uh, there's no kind of fluidity to the masks. It's like they've just gone out and grabbed them. I honestly think he might have seen The Purge as well, judging from this, because this feels like a really low-rent purge. <laughs> um you know, it's tacky. It's absolutely tacky. And it, that's the problem with it, is the consistency, because there is potential there. And I've seen some people saying it's fire on social media. I, I find that amazing. I mean, dumpster fire, maybe. But this ain't in fuego. Absolutely not. Not feeling it. Um, on the flip side, there's something I really want to talk about from Raw, and I was really excited to talk to it, talk about it with you. Uh, I don't know when you tuned out, did you see the main event of Raw Underground?
2: Was that Strowman and uh Dabba
0: Kato, Dabba I think his name is? Kato. Now, in the Vince McMahon must wank furiously match, Uh Dabba Kato versus Braun Strowman in a shoot, inverted commas, fight. Did you see this? No, um, I tuned out Come after... On. How could you not watch this? This was hype to shit. It was on the KO show and everything. You've I have mean, got a massive slapper
2: from KO. <clears throat> yeah, the only, uh, I think the KO show is where I stopped watching.
0: Because that's I just surprising. Couldn't. That's normally where you start watching.
2: No, I, like, af- like uh, after that, I'm like, you know what? We'll i just leave just, it on a high. <laughs> I, or no, sorry, that's a lie. I stopped after the Seth Rollins thing, which we'll get to. Okay,
0: oh, I remember now. Oh, please! I remember. Now. We'll, get I we'll get to no, that. We'll minute, get yeah. to that in a minute. We'll get to that. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of so, short videos and artwork I'm gonna have to do for the fucking YouTube for this because this so is a I'm big assuming,
2: uh, Yeah, those two boys just uh, slapped the meat off each other. Is
0: pretty much what happened. Well, that match lasted about a minute, <laughs> so they went after each other by locking up. <laughs> Jeez, and Ra- and Ra- Underground. In locked
2: Raw Underground they're locking up in Raw Underground, Underground yeah. where it's supposed to be a real fight
0: yeah okay. that's, that's okay. a shoot. Uh, by the way this is the worst that I was willing to give it an opportunity and there are some bits of it I'm really loving I will mention those in a moment but ultimately this is a really shit knockoff of Josh Barnett's Bloodsport isn't it come on have you ever seen that indie show it's a fantastic show they get guys like Timothy Fancher Matt Riddle Suzuki obviously when they're available in the indies and they go for sugar they got a killer kelly on this year's one or at least the next one coming up should be pretty sick um you know they, they just get people to kind of go shoot style with japanese wrestlers and mma fighters so it's really good it's really good it's as close to real as you could probably ask of wrestling very very cool uh this is like a poor watered down version of it um yeah so they lock up they brawl for a little bit and by brawl i mean they kind of roll around a little bit they fall out uh, some small man gets between the two of them gets wrecked for no apparent reason they get back in the ring, jostles around a bit, and then Braun Strowman punches him square in the chin, gets him on the floor, and then just does the whole MMA monkey punch beat down until the fight is stopped. Uh, dabakao looked really good until the actual fight. You know, they hyped him up well. I like the fact they brought him out on the main stage of Raw. You know, it was a, an opportunity. And Dabokeo, size alone, I actually like his look, and I like the way he talks. And I think he's got an opportunity here to step into the world. And also, he's not your conventional big guy. You know, he's a little bit, obviously, he's not fit. But he's slimmer any he, than the average big guy he's not like humongous to the point where he can't move or anything he's got a bit of movement about him I'm curious to see what he can do uh, there's no real shame in losing the Braun Strowman even though nobody really cares about him and they clearly have no idea what to do with him right now which is even more amusing uh, especially now that you know both of both him and Bray Wyatt had to suffer the indignancy of getting in the way of uh, Roma Reigns return but yeah it's a shame you didn't watch it I would highly recommend checking out if nothing else for the amusement of it now i will say one thing because if you were watching early you might have seen a little bit more of a run did you see um arturo versus ziggler um i might have i might have that seems very it was, familiar it was phenomenal i have to say like somebody who likes their mma and has done a lot of grappling in the past jiu-jitsu and stuff like that i really love that they Two amateur wrestlers, basically proper going for an amateur. It was almost like they actually tried to tap each other out. And this is why the reason I want to bring it up is, you know, it's a throwaway thing. Nobody's going to remember it, even though I thought it was quite good. But the reason I brought it up is because that right there is the template of what this should be. Guys who have legitimate back. You think about it, right? They had Alistair Black and KO laid out, didn't they? A couple of weeks ago, Alistair Black is made for this. The guy is an MMA expert. The guy is a kickboxing drawdown. Have you seen his kicks? Like he's so good, he's so sick. And they're like, yeah, whatever. Just put a you know Captain Jack Sparrow thing over his eye, and away we go. Like, it, don't get it it, you know, and that's the big problem here. You've got people with so much potential, you know, and so many of them have kind of fleetingly tipped up on this. For instance, Shayna Baszler would be so excited on this, especially when she squared up to Dabba Keo, which fucking aroused the shit out of me. Um, but Ultimately, it flatters to deceive, and it's not helped by the fact that you've got this hopped up, coke headed, 55 year old man child <laughs> that is shameless man, going, Ow! 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 Like the whitest man ever. Uh, right? His fucking his, calls are ridiculous. The, the White Dog King, mate. He's so fun. Do you know what? The only credible actor in Raw Underground is his bodyguard, the doorman. He actually seems quite funny and quite like likeable, relatable, that guy. He's like, hey, what's up, boss? How you doing? He seems like a nice guy, like a, a mafia or something. But it's a shame that Matt's hopping around. He's like, oh, oh, look at him. like You should have heard him. Like, he basically <laughs> thinks he's Vince. During the um, Braun Strowman match, at one point he goes, look at those arms. Look at the size of those arms. I'm like, what are you doing, Pete? Shut up. Like, he's the worst MC. They've also got an interviewer of sorts now as well. Oh, this very beautiful looking black lady was uh, interviewing the gentleman, which obviously I appreciate. And it's always nice to have something good to look at. And ultimately, she's actually quite good at her job as well. And obviously with Renee Young leave, and they probably need to bolster their backstage interviewers a little bit. So this works for me. But the thing is, it's raw underground and you've got an interviewer. <laughs> it's like, you know. You join us live at Raw Underground. Like, you wouldn't get, like, I don't know, fucking whoever. Like, you wouldn't get Jim Ross commentating on bare-knuckle boxing in a fucking barn, would you? You know, it's that kind of thing. Like, it just doesn't really make any sense. So why would you have it here? I mean, it's classic WWE. They overproduce everything. That's my biggest problem with it. Um, on the flip side of raw, something you, I think you wanted to talk about. and You did briefly mention was of course the, the Mysterio angle continues to rumble on with Seth Rollins. Um, I have been, I've gone very Mike and Ike with this in the sense of not, although I could do it with some Mike and Ike to be honest, uh, or Mike and Vikes as Archer likes to call them, <laughs> which is candy and Viking Um, which I'll need after watching Raw this many times, (sighs) sometimes it's been brilliant, hasn't it? You know, we've got Dominic's debut, for instance. We've had some really good promo work from Seth. We've also had some terrible shit. This, for me, really landed on the side of awful in every sense this was real soap opera dynasty uh eastenders for the english like kind of level bullshit and to be fair credit to eastenders actually who ran an amazing uncle this week even i have to give them a bit of love there and i'm not a big fan of soap operas but this just felt like you know the classic wwe creative carny bullshit now ray mysterio's daughter is involved Okay, so Aaliyah, who some people might famously remember as the tiny little girl that CM Punk sung Happy Birthday to once on SmackDown in the most terrifying segment (laughs) in history. Um, I've never seen anyone look more predatory than CM Punk at that point. The whole angle here is that Aaliyah is kind of a little bit disjointed for the rest of the family. Rey Mysterio calls her naive and a (laughs) 19-year-old on live TV. It's, It's just too much with the drama. And then we get Buddy Murphy kind of coming over backstage uh, and sort of say, well, I'm not here to hurt you. I just want to say it's got out of hand. I'm really sorry. And then he just walks away. This has led to loads of people shipping them as a couple. Um, again, she's 19. <laughs> like, what's wrong with you people? Uh, you know, she's, don't get me wrong. She's very beautiful. I think everyone can see that, but she's 19. <laughs> how many times do like, the have point this out? And as a 35 year old man, I ain't going to be out here all about that shipping lifestyle. Hell no. um, I just can't get over how carny and dramatic it is. It's so comical. And also Seth Rollins' promo where he's like, you are not the father. <laughs> Listen, Joseph Seed, okay? The cosplay was fun for a while, but it's wearing thin with me now, bruv. When John the Stone Cold Steve Austin cosplay has got you thoroughly beaten, I'm a little bit concerned. When are we gonna wrap this shit up, mate?
2: I mean, I wish it was wrapped up before Monday because, let's be honest, the original I'm Your Poppy thing with Eddie, it wasn't honestly that good back then, but because we lost Eddie, we look back on it fondly and go, you know what, this, this was fun. This was hilarious.
0: That's a great but, opinion. Nobody ever says now, that. Thank you for saying that, by the way. Carry on.
2: But now you look at it now and you go, okay, well, it's not Dominic this time and you're just going to go with the other child, I'm sorry, Seth, you are no Eddie Guerrero in any foreseeable way. Like, you don't connect, you've never connected with the crowd like he did. You've never garnered heat like he did. You've just never been an overall incredible person like Eddie was. So, try to master a storyline that he did 15 years ago in 2020, it's just bound to fail at the off. It's not going to work. Like, No one cares This is gonna be Just another nail in the coffin For Seth Rollins Like Do you remember last year Or like 2018 When we all fucking loved him And then he won the title from Brock And then we all like Oh Now what The original heel turn Was brilliant This whole Monday Night Messiah thing When it started Was incredible I really enjoyed it Now he's beating up Murphy Every other week He's pulling up paternity tests Like, this is, this is not what he should be doing right now. I don't know what he should be doing, but this clearly is not it.
0: Do you know who I feel most sorry for? Rey Mysterio's wife. (laughs) She's got to stand there every fucking week and look like she's interested and emotionally motivated by this nonsense. Um... Yeah. How far is this going to go? Like, you know, is like I say, I mean, I may have mentioned this a few times. She's 19. <laughs> like, she's a 19 year old girl. She's basically a girl. Okay. You know, she's obviously growing into a beautiful woman. That's great and all. And having the Mysterio name will help. And Aliyah's actually a really cool name as well. You know, being called Aliyah Mysterio, I mean, you pretty much got it made if you do decide to go into the business. Um, but I'm not sure whether she is training or not. She certainly looks like she's capable at least, but I wouldn't know. I don't stalk people's social media like some of these idiot stands do. So someone have to update me on that, but it's, it's so overdone. It's so overdone. You know, it shouldn't be done anyway, but if you are going to do it, do it with a bit of subtlety and they're not, you know, why is he out there even conversating at this point with a man who in you know, if we're going to go full K. this guy fucking pretty much disemboweled his eye from his socket, albeit an eye that looks suspiciously like a table tennis ping pong ball. Um You know what? What the fuck? This guy is. The, like. This is, again, the inconsistencies of it. So, you know, oh. Um, You put your hands on an official, so we're going to fine you $10,000 or whatever it is. Nia Jax, you put your hands on an official. I'm suspending you indefinitely. Seth Rollins, you just took two people's eyes completely out of their socket. You attempted to literally pierce a man's fucking retinas with steel edge. So, um, if you wouldn't mind turning up next week, we got a bit of a story. Off. What the fuck is that? Like, why are you? I don't get this. This is so weird. This inconsistent. They've done this with Randy Orton as well. Randy Orton like attacks Drew McIntyre, breaks his fucking jaw, punts him three or four times in the head. See you next week for the ambulance nonsense. What the fuck? Like, this kind of stuff is so stupid. You know it if you want to say it's not real at all and we're not going for any kind of real life or anything we're going for wacky then for fuck's sake start lobbing in things like aliens and shit go full lucha underground with it let's have some murders let's have some crazy crazy shit if you're gonna go crazy let's have have some murders yeah yeah let's have some let's Uh, have some oh sorry um (laughs) allegedly 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 oh allegedly (laughs) Uh, sorry, <clears throat> this is getting well hand. But the reality is that it's, you know, it's it's like they want to be mental, but they try and pull themselves back right at the line. But they just f- fucking end up pissing all over the line. It's drunk and throwing up all over it like the fucking puppet in Team America when he's out the back of the bar. It just the whole thing just feels so f- fucking shabby and so badly done and honestly who is in charge of creative for this company what set of egypt monkey fuck whore wank gibbon wank pheasant cunt faces have you got running around in some room throwing fecal marriage the other and then claiming it to be creative genius jesus hellfire i took writing as a degree ultimately probably not a great idea long term really helped me out creatively hasn't helped me out financially in work i'm happy to say that anyone who knows me knows that but one thing i'm really I really pride myself on is the creative ability and also somewhat the eloquence when I'm not losing my shit on a regular basis on this podcast. I'm able to speak to a reasonable degree, I like to think. And when I watch stuff like this, I just honestly, I just furrow my brow and I feel like I'm going to have a fucking stroke or something. I feel like I'm smelling toast while I'm watching this stuff because it's just so unbelievably tacky and stupid. I've got to be honest, right? Because I didn't take Raw seriously, I semi-enjoyed it. Now, I did have the luxury that you didn't of being able to just skip through it at leisure. So it was much easier for me to go and just keep fast-forwarding through with the mouse clicks. But that being said, this is not good. And this angle just keeps going on and on and on. And it's getting it's got a bit of a feel of the Kenny Omega Hangman Page stuff that we have on AW right now, where you just think, is this actually going to end? Are you just going to run this out for years and years coming up in the year 2029? seth rollins versus alia <laughs> you know it, it just doesn't seem to have any end in sight and i don't care at this point the only thing that's got me intrigued is maybe that buddy murphy's going to come out of this a bit stronger because i feel like that's a guy who can actually talk reasonably well and he's a world-class wrestler and athlete and he looks incredible i mean he just looks so good he's rugged he's got an amazing body lose the fucking one name what's his name murphy or buddy is it buddy or murphy I, I don't know i don't care um uh, it's murphy what, if i remember correctly Murphy, murphy's law uh, which by the way is a really good name for a finisher but ultimately lose the name repackage him a little bit having come out it's maybe having turned on seth get a couple of big wins over seth you know that's great but last year like you said seth rollins was the guy last year or the year before last and now he's reduced to high i'm the guy who gets involved in the family drama storyline horse shit. This is the stuff that, you know, it wasn't great back in the old Attitude Era when they did it, but at least it was done by the idiots, wasn't it? You had the McMahons getting involved. you remember, you know, Shane versus Vince at WrestleMania 17 over sweet zombie lint.
2: You know, oh, when well she got up and kicked Vince square in the dick.
0: Yeah, yeah. but and Vince, and Vince had to open his legs a bit more because his legs weren't spread equal enough. And you could see Linda just going, Vince, spread your legs. <laughs> it's just so funny. But, you know, at least back then, you kind of laughed and found it funny because it wasn't the really serious guys. It was the idiots, you know, or the mid-carders or the, the silly funny characters. With it, You know, Val Venus getting his dick shot off by contact. That was funny because those guys were part of the comedic bit that's what makes the difference because i hear so many people in current wrestling you know fashion saying oh fucking you had this bullshit back in the attitude yes you did but it was done by the bullshit people not the serious talents this is seth rollins ladies and gentlemen the guy who beat brock lesnar twice i believe for the universal championship and here he is mocking paternity tests What the fuck? Like, why am I supposed to take this guy seriously? And like you say, it's another fucking hammer down blow on his career. Every time he builds himself up, they do something to completely fuck him. Beating Brock Lesnar wasn't an issue. The problem was when he beat Brock Lesnar twice pretty emphatically as well and i think one of the big things that really pissed people off about that as well was the fact that he just then spent most of his time on the internet whinging like a little sad twat and that just kind of wound people up they were like oh okay so you're not actually the relatable hero that knocked off this monster that we all got pissed off with you're actually a massive narcissistic dickhead just like most wrestlers are to be fair so you know it is what it is um few little side notes on Raw. Alina Vega, number one contender for the Women's Championship at Clash of Champions, which we're going to preview near the end of the show. Uh, you happy with Zelina Vega getting a title shot? I know I am.
2: I mean, yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, she's been, you know, a manager forever. I don't think she wrestled that much down in NXT at all. Mm. So it's, I think it's actually pretty cool. She get It's... The biggest thing for me is that it's a fresh new challenger for Asuka. I expect Oscar to win, spoilers, but it's still a cool, interesting matchup that we haven't seen before, which is something that uh, I think the women's division desperately needs.
0: Yeah, credit to them, actually. The women came out of this looking really good. <laughs> the one thing that actually does look quite good right now is the women's division. You've got Sasha and Bailey absolutely whipping ass over on SmackDown with this incredible angle. And you've got uh, these women putting in a shift also on the tag team side of things. By the way, Zelina Vega, she's so fucking hot. <clears throat> Sorry, the Black, please don't kick my head off or take one of my eyes and then replace your old eye with it because I feel like that's something you might be able to do. But um yeah, she's she's perfect for it as well. And also, can we just can we just stop to admit now that Azalinda Vega is actually quite a good wrestler? She can actually go in the ring. She's not fucking terrible at all. And with Aska, the master worker, she is the women's answer to Daniel Bryan is someone where She can have a great match with a fucking broomstick. Now, with someone who's capable, hasn't really got the fair crack of the whip like Zelina Vega has, I thoroughly expect this to be a real sleeper. I really do. Um, women's tag team wise, uh, the Riot Squad are probably the only legitimate women's tag team they have. So it's actually kind of good that they're going after the uh, pairing of Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, particularly as they've now broken up the Iconics, who, by the way, they still kind of were hanging out. And supporting each other, even though they're singles wrestlers. It's just, a, you know, make up your mind. Either go with it or don't. Or maybe have um, Billy K turn on her. I don't know. Just do something. Uh, particularly with Mandy Rose. Did you notice this? Mandy Rose has been announced as coming over to Raw now.
2: Yeah, because apparently uh, The Miz had something to do with it on SmackDown. Because he yeah. wanted to help Otis oh, focus or something. I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, but apparently so
2: they- The Miz can make administrative decisions now.
0: Yes, he can, yeah, and also apparently he's going to sue Otis unless he gives up his money in the bank um, shot, which is just, they've got no idea what they're fucking doing. i that angle, no idea. You could just smell it a mile off. They're just making up as they go along. By the way, that is hot garbage. And I, I, it's sad to say, when you've got Otis, Morrison and The Miz, who at some points can be so in fuego it's crazy and yet here they are all fucking hand-fistedly walking around in this bullshit it just looks so dumb and the only upside to it is tucker who is still by his good brother's side um But yeah, uh, on the women's side, the tag team division, of course, as well. Uh, Something that people really kicked off about on Raw, which I don't get, is Lana being completely destroyed by Shayna Baszler. And apparently this was, according to all the internet smarts, this was punishment for Miro kicking off and taking cheap shots at Vince on AEW, uh, which we're about to discuss. For me, fucking right Shayna Baszler should murder Lana in seconds. It's Shane of fucking Bayes, the mate. Probably the best female heel you've had, you know, uh, well, at least until fucking Bailey went completely fucking mental. Um, Why does anyone give a shit? And also, why do we all of a sudden care if Lana gets treated well or not? I think she's done pretty well, is she not? Or am I just fucking imagining things?
2: No, I think she's doing all right. I mean, she's,
0: she's garbage a garbage wrestler. Team. She can't well, wrestle. Yeah. Why should she fucking have any offense against someone like Shayna Baszler who could make most men's fucking sockets completely dislocate themselves just by looking at them?
2: But, but she's, she's in a team with Natalia. That just makes her good.
0: Uh. <laughs> 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 Ironic, actually. I made that fart noise because that's what she was most famous for before she went somewhat serial. Um, t- the whole thing is just. I piss off. <laughs> Do you know what? I actually enjoy watching Robert. Now that I'm discussing it, I'm realising how shit it was. It's pissing me off now. Uh, yeah, that, that's roaring in a nutshell, ladies and gentlemen. Let's switch over to Dynamite. How much of Dynamite did you see last night? I bet you saw none of it, did you? That would be correct. I don't remember... What I Tracking. was doing yesterday. Tracking. All right. Well, I'm going to say the reins here for AEW Dynamite, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Dynamite last night, there were two things I want to talk about. First of all, Brody Lee uh, retained his title, spoiler alert, against Orange fucking Cassidy in what was an extremely long match. Now, this match wasn't bad. However, I made a point last week. I said that I'd be really pissed off if this match wasn't really short. And so I'm going to be pissed off. And I'll tell you why. Because Brody Lee dispatched Cody Rhodes in three minutes but it took him almost 20 minutes to dispatch orange Cassidy who by the way took literally a shellacking now to be fair the majority of this match was all about Brody Lee kicking the shot of him and that's fine and if you wanted to drag it out by you know making an example of him I kind of understood that storyline however when you're getting shellacked around by a six foot seven six foot eight whatever it is he's fucking huge leviathan like he is twatting around this stupid man in fucking cosplay jeans and a crappy pair of sunglasses whatever man like You know, and then for him to just all of a sudden nip up with his hands in his pockets or whatever, it just looks so fucking embarrassingly fake and stupid. And it ruins the credibility of wrestling. Do I hate Orange Cassidy? No, I do not. Do I want to see Orange Cassidy taking the TNT champion to the limit when a legitimately world-class credible wrestler, someone like Cody Rhodes, who quite frankly shits out better talent than Orange Cassidy is at this stage, you know, when he can t- go much further than Cody Rhodes can, that pisses me off. And I know people are going to say, yeah, well, the storyline was that Cody Rhodes took him lightly. Even if he takes him lightly, that's not that's not an excuse because, hello, Orange Cassidy's whole gimmick is that he takes everything lightly. <laughs> so surely he should have got fucking devoured. This should have ended at the start of the match when he did his dumb kicking thing with his hands in his pockets and Brody Lee just gave him the mother of all slaps around the chops. You know, it should have been that. It. it should have slapped him. you should have given him a power driver. His disc is fucking clothesline. Done. Finished. Um, ultimately, that I've got nothing against the match itself. It was a fun, competitive match. If this was on Velocity or whatever, I would have been very, very happy. Or even, you know, their version of it, AW Dark. But it's your TNT Championship. You hype this match up. And with some matches being changed on short notice due to COVID-19-related issues, this really was kind of the... The main thing that you were selling dynamite on because we didn't really find out about the main event until the night, so to speak. I just think it was a massive, massive, massive letdown once again. Uh, one thing I did enjoy, however, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, was Brody Lee's promo afterwards backstage. So Brody Lee spent the entire match, by the way, abusing John Silver, which is now my new favorite thing in AEW. Uh, John Silver kept getting up in the apron, and Brody Lee just kept slapping him off of me. I'm like, get down! What are you doing? Like he's some sort of dumb dog. Um, and then he got... So, John Silver, he's the little gibbon, right, in the Dark Order, for anyone who doesn't know. The real small one, you know, the real dumb midget. And he... He's holding on to Brody's TNT Championship. He gets up on the apron and Brody's like, show him, show him the fucking belt. So he like holds up the belt. And as he does, Brody he goes, now get off and just shoves him onto the floor again. I thought it was really funny for some reason. It just really tickled me. So I thought it was worth a mention. That was probably the highlight of this for me. Uh, and then backstage, he basically says, so I should mention, you've probably seen something or another from it on, um, you know, on social media, Cody Rhodes made his return last night after the match had ended and attacked uh, Brody Lee in the Dark Order. Uh, Brody Lee bailed and I think it was Alex Reynolds took a right shit kicking or number 10, whoever it is, some fucking gibbon in a mask. Nobody cares. Uh, and Cody's got black hair now. You know, He's, uh, it seems to me that he gave his hair to Rusev. <laughs> Or Miro, whatever we're calling him now. And that's where all the uranium has gone in this company. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Cody's back. He's got, you know, f- fresh hair. Uh, it was quite cool. I like the gimmick. Oh, by the way, the commentators were shit. <laughs> on this they were so bad i don't know if you've seen this right you need to go back and watch it music starts playing and you know instantaneously because it's the build-up music you know, I have that kind of slow kind of Mm -hmm. eerie aura music for cody before he you know before he says wrestling has more than one famous family whatever um and then like jr's like Oh, it's just music until somebody else says so. What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> like, what, what are we trying to make out? Like, we all know who it is. We're not stupid. What they should have been like. Oh, my God. Is it him? We haven't seen him in weeks. Is he back after the kicking he got from the Dark Order? Oh, my God. It's Cody Rhodes. He's here to exact revenge on Brody Lee. That's how you fucking call it. I'm sorry. I don't. Claim to be a world class commentator, but I'm pretty sure that call right there was far better than what you fuck nuggets were doing, where you were too busy giving out to fucking Excalibur for all these insider terms and taking the piss out of him. It's like a fucking bullshit gay boys club over there on that table man sort it out seriously tony Schiavone's walking around you know the bottom half of him is a homeless man and the upper half of him is a poorly dressed accountant you know (laughs) jim ross jim ross is over there he's had about nine bells palsy attacks now i'm not taking the piss out of that for anyone starts coming at me but at this point man that man deserves to fucking enjoy retirement fuck's sake, you've got Taz, right, who is a world-class colour commentator still. I I don't know why, but Taz has become fucking phenomenal at commentary. You know, working for AEW Dark. He's also an amazing mic worker, working alongside Brian Cage. And on top of that, you've got Excalibur, who can do great play to play. His comedy can be very, you know, wishy-washy. It's very hit and miss. Some of it's just fucking stupid. Other stuff really hits the mark nicely. You know, when he was talking about um, Eddie Kingston wearing black and yellow, because it represented one of his biggest heroes, one of the famous Japanese wrestlers of the Four Pillars. You know, it's stuff like that. That's really cool. That's interesting to me as a wrestling historian and as an enthusiast. I want to hear stuff like that, because it gives me that knowledge and that background. I just think that JR and Tony Schiavone really aren't needed and are only there because their names carry a lot of weight in the wrestling business. But ultimately, Tony Schiavone worked in Starbucks for a long time. You know, he hasn't worked in wrestling for 20 years. He kind of disassociated himself from wrestling. He was like, yeah, once WCW's done, he was like, right, I'm just going to go and do other stuff and call college football or whatever. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But it shows. You know, it, it's very tacky and also he fucking gets really whingy on social media all the time and that's another thing that really pisses me off in wrestling when wrestlers and wrestling personalities get fucking all defensive and leery on twitter because somebody made a joke at their expense or they didn't get something it's like shut up like you're very privileged you get paid a lot of money to sit there and talk about a predetermined sport you know, don't complain about that, and be more fucking appreciative of the people who want to interact with you online. It's as simple as that. And I really appreciate Mike Bennett, by the way, uh, coming out and saying that on Twitter recently. He's um, really led the way in how you should fucking represent yourself as an individual, particularly when you have a bit of clout. You know, when you have people that follow you, people that look up to you, people who stand you. Fucking ain't that a word. You know, those people deserve a little bit of respect. No one's saying you have to suck their dick, but don't just get pissy every time they tweet something that doesn't sit well with you, you fucking whingy tart. Honestly, it bores the shit out of me. You know, go into your lovely five-bedroom house or wherever you live and enjoy a fucking bottle of, I don't know, Undertaker Sauvignon. <laughs> it's like, whatever, man. It's not fucking whingy. It bores me. But yeah, um, Brody Lee cut a promo after all this and after that massive room where he um, insinuated that he wanted a dog collar match with Cody, which I'm very excited by the premise of. Uh, he also said that he was sick and tired of Brandy Rhodes posting first traps and calling him daddy on the internet, which was arguably the greatest line I have ever heard him ever come out with. I was so happy. This was by far his best promo I've ever seen, and he still found time to beat up John Silver again during the promo. <laughs> Which is just
2: incredible. I, I do just need to say though, I think Brody Lee Mr. Brody Lee is the uh, one planning about Brandy Rhodes putting up thirst trap photos.
0: Uh yeah, because she is so hot. She might be a terrible wrestler and annoying personality, but she is beautiful beautiful um, personally I think that should be a storyline <laughs> I think that would that's the Cardi storyline we really want not a Leah and Buddy Murphy mate we want Mr Brody Lee going after the first traps and getting drawn in by the honeypot that is Brandy Rhodes. <laughs> that's the, that's where your money's at oh fantastic um, I'd certainly buy some fucking bottles of wine based on that rivalry call it yeah oh that's something we could do can we we could have the honeypot whiskey and it could have like a picture of Brody Lee just like sweating over like images from the internet. <laughs> it's just <laughs> be fucking amazing. Book it. God damn it. That's what I want. That's what I need. I need it. It's money. Um, But yeah, match was fine, but annoyed me this logic of the book and the inconsistencies. And then of course, you know, Brody and Cody. So we'll see how that goes later down the line. Uh, the other thing was the main event for the AEW world championship. John Moxley defended against Eddie Kingston in an absolute banger. I am so happy with this match. This match right here proved the value of Eddie Kingston. He got the best match I've ever seen out of John Moxley on AEW. Absolutely phenomenal. I don't think it's even close. This was a real shellacking. You know, Eddie Kingston basically. What I love, right, right at the beginning of the show, Eddie Kingston comes out. He goes, "Look at me. Look at the f- get the fucking hard cam on my face." And he goes, "Where the fuck is the sports entertainer?" You know, he's like calling. He's like, "Where's the sports entertainer? Get out of here and look at me." And this gave Moxley right, the premise to be the badass that we kind of want him to be, that we want to enjoy more, because his music hits, and he's not even fucking hesitating, he's like, right, you fucking dickhead, he just comes fucking storming over the barrier, jumps in the ring, you got something to fucking say to in me, you pro. there's fire, there's heat there, it feels real, it feels relatable, this is two motherfuckers, two bad, bad motherfuckers, trying to kick the shit out of each other, And Eddie Kingston's like, fuck you, I'm from the streets, you're an entertainer, I'm a fucking broad, I'm a fighter, I'm not even a wrestler, you're a fucking sports entertainer, I'm gonna slap your stupid face in UCUT. That's basically how this whole thing went. And it felt great. And the match played out like that. Didn't like the fact it started with a lockup. That pissed me off a little bit. But other than that, phenomenal match. Eddie Kingston, by the way, chopping him with the same kind of resonance and power that Volta does. Absolutely vicious. John Moxley's chest by the end of it was a True Red. It was wild. It was pretty much purple. Absolutely wild. They kicked the shine out of each other. And ultimately, John Moxley uh, made him pass out with i believe it's called the bulldog headlock uh very similar to brian kendrick's um pirate lock whatever he calls it you know the kind of raw sort of basically a really vicious chokehold simple as that really great match and then there's just the mother of all wcw end of nitro brawls, where you know the faces and the heels take turns coming down to knock each other out and just carnage but i thought that was fantastic a world-class match and i felt it needed talking about the psychology of it is so important but i cannot get over how good eddie kingston is you know um eddie kingston is a guy who had to sell his boots to stop himself from being homeless just a few months ago. Here he is main event in AEW and getting the best match out of your champion that we've seen. Absolutely incredible. I'm really, not only am I proud of Eddie Kingston, not that he would give two shits, but the fact that he brings so much relatability, so much fire, so much genuine, genuine kind of feeling to his role as a wrestler, because that is him. He is this gritty, hardcore gangster motherfucker who is not going to take shit from people. That's what AEW needs. That's what wrestling needs, but particularly AEW. AEW, you need more people like Eddie Kingston. Okay? Get rid of some of this flim flam. Get rid of some of this fucking nonsense. All these people on AEW that nobody's heard of. We don't care about that. You know, and if you are going to bring those people in, bring them in with a bit of credibility. Because fuck me, this was fucking superb. This was, for me, my perfect kind of wrestling match. And if it had gone another 10 minutes, maybe been on pay-per-view, maybe had that red-hot crowd and everything, probably would have given it five stars because it was that kind of match. It's not for everyone. I know that. It's not everybody's cup of tea. And like you said, it's subjective. So I know a lot of people are probably thinking, oh, it's just a couple of blokes beating the shit out of each other. For me, it was great. It felt like a real fight, and they kicked fucking seven shades of shit out of each other. And I appreciated it. It legitimised Moxley a bit more, and it just re-legitimised over and over as we. He always does, Eddie Kingston, and what he brings to the table. World class Mike worker, world class worker within the ring. And he's. Do you know what I love about Eddie Kingston? Doesn't look like this, leviathan You know, he's not shredded. He's not fucking jacked. He's he's got a bit of a belly on him. He looks gnarly. He looks a bit like a pit bull. He's a bit disgusting looking. And he's a bit fucking edgy. And I like that. You know, there's a reason he calls himself Mad King. Because he is. He's fucking crazy, man. I've seen Eddie Kingston. I'm very lucky I've seen him live in person quite a few times. He's graced our shores a number of times. And I just feel that this is a man who is finally... After eighteen years, getting the fucking coverage and the respect he deserves, I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, so yeah, AEW Dynamite as well. Uh, did you? I don't suppose you happened upon Miro's debut in his tag team match where he uh, twisted his ankle. Uh,
2: I saw a bit of that match, like not only clips on you know Twitter and YouTube and stuff, but like I saw a bit of it live. And uh, hmm. the biggest takeaway I got from it, the, like I don't want to say the match in its entirety was botchy, but there just seemed to have been a lot of miscommunications.
0: Uh, it was botchy. It was crap, actually. It wasn't yeah, very I, good I, match I, at I, all. I, I
2: know. I, was, I just didn't want to say yeah, it no,
0: I love it's, Miro. No, it's fine. No, it is. That's fine. You can be nice. Uh, I'm not going to be nice. Uh, it was terrible. The one moment where I lost my shit was when, well, first of all, can we just point out, Miro looks fucking insane. Like, his body, like... First of all, he should not be in this angle. He should be immediately a credible contender. I have one thing to say about Miro right now. If you can keep him fit and healthy, which uh, apparently he's fine, it was just a he twisted his ankle, he tweaked it a little bit, but apparently he's fine. He won't be missing any resting time. That is good fucking news because I was terrified it was going to be because he was hobbling quite badly. And boy, I know about bad ankles. Um, but yeah, turns out he's okay. But for me, I took one look at him and said, "Put the fucking belt on. Put the fucking belt on him." He, he looks huge his new ring gear is fucking great he looks so serious and powerful in the ring Uh, the problem is that it's kind of undercut a little bit by and overshadowed slightly by the whole kip sabian being a fucking goober now i like kip sabian i think he's funny and obviously whenever he brings Penelope before to the ring that is particularly exceptional for everyone involved but i just it it just feels like you know how long are you gonna because you know, I'm hoping maybe once they get the wedding out of the way that Miro will just move on and just become this soul destroyer. Because he can talk as well. It's not like he really needs anyone on the mic. And you got to believe if Lana ever leaves, Lana and Miro could really make something special of themselves in AEW. I think they'd have the perfect platform with that uncensored, unfilled kind of mentality. But, yeah, the debut was crap. And I really, really like Sunny Kiss Uh, Joey Janella, I I think he's all right. I don't hate them both. I'm certainly not in the, you know, Cornette camp of just vicious diatribe towards them. And to be honest, a lot of that wasn't actually Cornette. It was just the fans of Cornette And by the way whether you like Cornet or not, you know, can we just admit that there is plenty of content there to enjoy. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. If that loses me, listeners, I don't give a shit. I enjoy listening to Jim Cornette. I'm not going to lie about that. I like his show, and I like the nostalgia, and I like listening to the great stories from the past. It's fun. It's absolutely fun. It's like sitting down with your grandfather and listening about, you know, his famous journeys when he was a young man. Oh, I think it's fun. But, you know... Sonny Kiss and Joey Giannana are having a lot of very botchy, scrappy, dodgy matches lately. And I would be really tempted at this point to get them away from each other and have Sonny Kiss as a single star. Can I just say this is something that's really going to trigger the white fucking trash people, if there are any who listen to this podcast, which I don't know many who do, other than Jay Miller. Sorry, Jay. Um, But. I think Sonny Kiss is fit as fuck. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I think Sonny Kiss is really sexy. I, I just... I have to say this. I have never seen... Now, Sonny Kiss identifies as a man. Am I correct in saying this?
2: I believe so,
0: yes. I believe he identifies as a man. My apologies. If he doesn't, I'm more than happy to be corrected. That's the great thing about this world. More than happy to be corrected. I'm very accepting. I don't give a shit what he... Um, he represents himself as when it comes to his arse, which is beautiful. I just wanted to say that. I don't care. I am a man who is very open and happy about his sexuality. I, I think Sonny Kisses is well fit. I would certainly love to have a go on that arse. Just saying. Just putting that out there. <laughs> you know, it's out there now, so that'll probably lose us whatever listeners we do have left. But I don't give a shit. Deal with it. <sighs> but yeah, match was botchy. Uh, Miro's debut. Mm. Me. But AEW as a whole, actually quite a fun little watch uh, ftr versus scu next week was announced uh, ftr ran away from the best friends which I'm not a big fan of because chuck taylor just looks like he was thrown up in a back alley somewhere um and also he called them weenies yeah ftr were called weenies by chuck taylor fuck off mate at this point, that's another thing as well. Very much like Miro and Kip Sabian, but Kip Sabian obviously being much more talented for me than Chuck Taylor, get Trent away from Chuck Taylor. I think Trent actually has a real real scope as a single star, and we've seen how well he works in every single facet of his career from WWE to NJPW. There's no reason why he can't do it here. I like Best Friends, and I think they've had some amazing matches, but I don't know how much longer I need to see uh, Chuck Taylor and trent doing their thing particularly when excalibur's like you've got to give the people what they want and they hug and literally about 10 people care about that mate i gotta be honest as much as i love excalibur these insider terms are just getting on my tits now you know he does it with the falcon arrow every time you know hikaru shida hit it in the tag match she was like she's done the deal nobody kicks out of the falcon arrow that's funny at pwg you're now in front of an audience of a million people grow up mate Grow up a little bit, yeah? Because you're actually really good at your job. So just, you know, zip it up. (laughs) Get some more tits, it really does. But that was AEW, ladies and gentlemen. Did you get any of uh, NXT, Mr. Wilkinson?
2: I can. Just kind of the highlights, just uh, seeing what's what. And there's a lot of good things to come out of NXT this week.
0: NXT looks very good. What do you think about this angle playing on our heartstrings of Tegan Knox, Apparently tearing her ACL and potentially being out for a year, but I'm hearing is actually a work to build up her angle with Candace the Ray. Uh, I mean, I was devastated when she was hurt the first time. Don't, don't mm. do this shit to me again. Yeah. To, could you, if this is a work, which I believe it is according to all the things I've seen, because they haven't made a big deal of it on the dirt sheets and stuff like that. And they normally would go mad over this kind of stuff. And also I imagine Tegan would have said something by now on her social media. um, um if it is, why, just just no. <laughs> Go for a different body part. For fuck's sake, instead of scaring the shot out of us like that. Um, that being said, looking forward to it. They're obviously building for the next round of matches. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about Kyle Riley versus Tommaso Ciampa? Yeah. Eh? I mean, that was pretty hot, but not as hot <sighs>
2: as uh, Kyle O'Reilly versus Finn Balor.
0: Yeah. yeah, and then him calling him out on Twitter as well. Kyle O'Reilly, mate. As the guy go, oh, I'd love to see Kyle Riley win the time. It's not going to happen, but I'd love to see Kyle Riley as the NXT champion. I think that'd be fucking amazing, man. This has got a real old-school feel about it, hasn't it? Finn vs. Kyle is. O'Reilly. I
2: am so excited. Kyle Riley has been probably... My consistently favorite part of the Undisputed Era, not because we share a name and an autoimmune disease, but uh, just the fact that he seems to be an incredible human being just overall. So I'm f- so fucking happy he's finally getting his chance to shine here.
0: Yeah, I'm very blessed. I've seen Carl O'Reilly wrestle some amazing people. I've seen him wrestle Kashida. I've seen him wrestle... Um... Paul Robinson, he was basically a street fight. I've seen him wrestle quite a number of people, Chris Ridgway as well. And yeah, he's just the, the only downside to Carlo Riley I've ever felt is that I didn't get a photo with him at Progress Super Strongstar. That's because the queue was at the fucking door. It was free to meet him and get a photo with him, uh, him and Trevor Lee, the, um, the, uh, who at the time was a TNA superstar. <laughs> um, but you know, yeah, no, it just, He's so good. He's so good. And the one thing I do like about this company is the way that they're building up people who you wouldn't necessarily build up. They've built up Shotzi Blackheart really well. She's She had an amazing match with Io Shirai last week, you know, and they seem to kind of be going in the right direction with her. They've got this weird Gargano household thing going on. <laughs> it's very strange, but I kind of enjoy I like it. I, I know I'm in a minority. I've seen a lot of people shitting on it. I actually think it's quite funny. I think it's quite fun. Like I like the idea of these two, like almost psychotic partners. You know, talking shit like they are. It works for me. I enjoy it. But yeah, I, I mean, I didn't watch NXT this week. I just briefly smash through some quick highlights. I very much like what I'm seeing. I really love, by the way, Breezango as tag team champions. Uh, they beat Imperium last week in a fantastic match as well. I. I just think it's so good to see Fandango and Tyler Breeze getting a bit of love. I think they're massively underappreciated and underutilized. So, yeah, NXT looks good as well, so that's probably worth a check out. But I won't try and insult your intelligence by reviewing it for the next hour because ultimately I didn't see enough of it to warrant a proper comb-through review. Um, Um, Would you like to preview Clash of Champions, Sidor? The one night a year when every title is on the line. Jesus shit fair. What they what they got? You on the fucking payroll now? Um, um, so yeah, apologies. No, no, no. Yeah, I know, right? Apologies for any feedback <laughs> that you're getting off of Mr. Wilkinson's microphone. If you are hearing a slight echo, I do apologise for that. But we're so deep into it at this point, I'm just not going to even try and edit in that nonsense out. So this weekend. It's WWE Clash of Champions. And like Kyle says, the one night of the year where every... Oh, shut up, Michael Cole. <laughs> That's all I've got to say about him it, man. It's this Sunday. Um, I thought we'd up the ante a little bit. So, if you would like the opportunity to win a personalized piece of art from me, one piece, by the way, I'm not going to give you... Jeez, I've got enough work going on as it is. Um, one piece of piece personalized art from me there is only one way to do that you have to send in your predictions for all of the forthcoming matches for this weekend's Clash of Champions whoever gets the most right will win a personalized piece of art from me and that also includes the hosts and people might say that's unfair I don't really give a shit I'm the one making the art so shut the fucking whore mouth also it's free we complained about but you've got to be in it to win it so you need to contact at WrestlePlug and you need to send us via a tweet via an Instagram DM via a Facebook message via an email WrestlePlug at gmail.com you can even go to wrestleplug.com and fill out the contact form there but i need your predictions for clash of champions whoever gets the most right will get a free piece of art on me and i do mean that a free piece of art so maybe you want a special cartoon of yourself a social media header it doesn't matter what it is i will produce it for you but you've got to be in it to win it and also you've got to be following at wrestleplug and at Aaronix design at least on twitter preferably on across all the social media platforms and if you're not <sighs> Then you get nothing. Then you
2: get nothing. You get nothing get, like you get, it. You get the Gene Wilder from fucking Willy Wonka.
0: Now that you get that is nothing. Phenomenal. Good day, sir. That is phenomenal. That's that's the way that a gentleman should handle business, as far as I'm concerned. And I am no gentleman, which is why I did not handle it that way. Right. We're going to quick fire, do what we normally do, Mr. Wilkins. And me and you will throw out our predictions uh, as far as we know right now. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, just send us the predictions. I don't need your fucking fantasy booking or, oh, so and so is going to do this at the end of the match. I don't give a shit. Just keep me sort of fucking list of names and you might win a piece of art. Well, it's really that simple. Got to be in it to win it. Right, Carl? Let's get down to it. So, the card for Clash of Champions. It's uh—it's a decent one, actually. I think it looks good. Anyway, nine matches so far that have been announced. Let's start with the women's match for the Raw Championship. Asuka defends her championship against Zelina Vega.
2: I mean, we got to go with Asuka here, even though apparently it's going to be on the kickoff show, which I think is a load of shit. What? But, yeah, yeah. Um, when, oh, when Zelina won, it's like when they put the header, it said Asuka versus Zelina Vega on the... Bachelor champions kickoff show. They're putting Oscar on the fucking kickoff show. Garbage. She's gonna win.
0: But like, mm, garbage. Terrible. Yeah, that's garbage. That's a terrible decision. The only thing I will say is that that will make me watch the pre-show, which is unfortunate because I really don't want to look at Sam Roberts' pubic head or Pete Rosenberg's potato head. But it is what it is. Um, also, we've no Renee Young anymore. Oh, that being said, Charlie Caruso, who is oh. Anyway, uh, Asuka's definitely going to retain. I can't see Zelina Vega winning that one. Uh, Bobby Lashley will defend his United States Championship against Paulo Cruz. Oh, I haven't seen that one before, have I? <laughs> it's
2: not like we haven't seen that eighteen times in the last four weeks.
0: It I mean, has been go, eighty-four years.
2: Just going to go with Lashley here. He's on a roll, I think, and uh, he's yeah, like you said earlier, he's got a good thing going in the hurt business right now. I think
0: uh, yeah, he's definitely going to keep, uh, keep going. Yeah, Bobby Lashley to retain. As you say, Bobby Lashley is low pack, baby, because he's spreadable and he's on a roll. Yeah, there you go. There's my sheet pump for today. I've got loads of these today. Um, Bobby Lashley, yeah. I, uh, by the way, Apollo Crews, he still has the charisma and appearance of a chewed up Malteser. I'm just saying. Um, the Raw Tag Team Championships will be on the line. Luckily, we haven't seen this one either. <laughs> Bet you can't wait for this. The Street Profits defend against the guys who won the number one contenders' triple threat match this week on Raw. Andrade and Angel Garza minus Selena Vega, who is now apparently
2: uh, <laughs> For <laughs> fucks, we have seen this all summer.
0: It has Any been variation of these four men, yes,
2: all fucking summer. I don't care. Uh, Street Profits are my pick, <laughs> but I, honest to God, don't care
0: how surely if uh angel gaza and andrade lose here as well they're like dead surely like you can't they can't do anything else can they you can't go possibly have anything baby doll.
2: let's go <laughs> let the guys split up they're not doing anything together let I them just just not be together
0: I just, yeah, yeah. I I actually think Angel Garza and Andrade would be amazing in singles competition. We've already seen how good they are as singles wrestlers as well. So just get, just, you know, fuck off. Just let them do their thing. I think Andrade could do with Zelina Vega back. I do not have any idea why you thought it was a good idea to separate them. Apparently the company's not that hot on Andrade anymore. That doesn't surprise me. Vince doesn't like anyone who's brown and Mexicans especially. He's He's like, if you're not doing my gardening, you can fuck off. That's why Super Crazy was on a more you piece of shit. Uh, but apparently they're really high on Angel Gaza, so hopefully this is going to lead to them splitting up, and at least Gaza will get a big push, and that's better than nothing, um, as it is. But, yeah, no, I, I think the Street Profits are tain, and can I just say I love the Street Profits. I think so good. They are absolute money in every sense, in gimmick and in real life, and I think Montez Ford, if he is handled correctly and given the opportunity, could genuinely be the next huge motherfucking superstar. I think he's got the potential to be like the rock i think he's huge i think he's a massive deal but i don't think he'll probably ever get the push he deserves um fuck it i'll just say it probably because he's black and because vincent Mann has a real problem pushing black wrestlers so it is what it is it's not really a conspiracy theory it's kind of fact at this point uh, a triple threat ladder match for the wwe intercontinental championship jeff Hardy defends against aj styles and the somewhat champion as well Sammy Uh this must be something that you're very excited about yeah I like
2: all three guys in this match um, Jeff Hardy is technically the champ
0: right is yes, he still yeah. Jeff Hardy okay. is officially the champ. Sami Zayn, of course, was champion. Then he left for a while because of COVID-19 restrictions. By the way, Michael Cole has got some nerve on commentary hammering that home. Have you heard this? Every single week. Oh, Sami Zayn's not the champion anymore because he went home for a few months and didn't do anything. That's why he vacated the belt. Oh, what? You mean like Brock Lesnar? Oh, wait, no, he didn't vacate the belt, did he? Because it apparently doesn't apply to him. You fucking dickhead. Like the if you just make it. Michael Cole is fucking AIDS at this point, as it is. This just makes it worse when he has to bring up bullshit like that. Vince McMahon is just making it. Like honestly, Michael Cole fucking sucks. mate He's so shit at his job. I hate him. I hate his face. I hate stupid fucking calls. He's over-accentuated. Big dog. Bast time. Shut the fuck up. You annoy the shit out of me. You look like a whingy little rat. Can you believe that the one time Jerry Lauder, who I don't I'm not a fan of Jerry Lauder either, but there is no doubting his Hall of Fame credentials and his long career as one of the great all-time heels, especially in the territory days, you know, especially coming out of Memphis and Tennessee and all that. But fuck me, the one time he gets to wrestle at WrestleMania, he loses to Michael Cole right. with a fucking headdress on. Like, just, you know, and uh, believe me, Josh Alexander, he was not <laughs> going into that match. I, I fucking have no words to describe how much I hate Michael Cole. Anyway, I'm getting off track here. Uh, yeah, Triple Threat Ladder match. Who do you think is taking home the Intercontinental Championship, mate?
2: Honestly, my heart wants Sami Zayn. But I think my brains are going to go with Jeff Hardy here. He's, like, I think this is his swan song in WWE. If he, if it when His swan goes.
0: song. <laughs> 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 mm. Thank you, I'm the, here all week. I'm also available the, for bar mitzvahs. This
2: is his last run in WWE. I think they're going uh, to keep the belt on for a good while now. Mm. Just, just to give him a nostalgia run, even if... He is realistically on his way out, so I mean, fine. He'll he'll win. He'll uh, still be entertaining, putting his body through hell at age, you know, seven hundred eight. So but that's fine.
0: I'll I'll accept him winning do you know what I said this was a really good card I actually that was a flat out lie this is a terrible card and also all of these matches are just I've just realised this I'm looking through it these are all fucking things that we've seen 55 times on Raw and Smackdown already they sure like, are actually versus Cruz go fuck yourself Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza go fuck yourself this ladder match will probably be quite good but I've seen these guys going at it constantly in different singles matches for a while now uh, I don't think Sami Zayn is, I think he's had like one proper match since he came yeah back, he, he's uh, wrestled once I think you know, so, yeah. Like, yeah, so, you know, I like Sami Zayn, but at this point, I don't care. They buried him into the ground, also. He's just this whingy little mash dressing twat. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Don't really care. Um, it's a shame. It is. AJ Styles, for some reason, he's just getting more and more watered down. I don't know what they seem to be. Asking. I get it. He can't always be in the title picture, or at least in the main title picture, you know, whatever. I understand that to a certain extent. But, you know, he's been jobbing out very stupidly to Jeff Hardy recently. You know, he lost to Jeff Hardy on one leg. like That kind of stuff. And I know people are saying, oh, you know, knee brace is a qualifier for it, but just it just seems a bit meh. Uh, I'd like to see AJ Styles win this. I think AJ Styles has the most credibility. Out the three guys, I think AJ Styles brings more credibility to the IC title. I don't care about Jeff Hardy. I like Jeff Hardy, but I don't care. He's not what? He must be in his forties now. Uh He must be getting up. There. I think they. I think they all are. Or yeah, yeah like his late thirties. Yeah, I was going to say they're all. They're all long time veterans. To be honest, they're all you know a little bit fucking, a little bit more worn in, shall we say? But yeah, I just. Obviously, it's going to be a stunt fest. Jeff Hardy's probably going to die at some point because that's just what he does. Um, I'm sure it'll be great, but WWE will probably ruin it by having Seamus come down and push the ladder over or something. <laughs> that just seems like something they would do. But nonetheless, uh, I think Edge Styles Stars will uh, hopefully win. That's I'm going to go with Edge Styles because I just want him to win. But knowing WWE, it'll be the person I least want to win. So Sami Zayn? Uh, the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Because we haven't seen this one either. Cesaro and Shitsuke Nakamura, the absolute charisma voids, versus guys who have no charisma that have to wear masks. The Lucha House Party. Um, We don't know which two we take it. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, this. I'm pretty sure they wrestled on SmackDown last week. What the hell are you doing? Like, I think this is
2: probably just going to be like uh, the the catalyst to finally like separate Kalisto because him and Lince Dorado, I think, are having. Like a little marital spouts or something. So, I I don't know. Maybe it'll be a catalyst for that. But still, I don't think I could care less. I don't think it is possible for me to care any less about this than I already don't.
0: I don't give a shit i really don't i will not be paying attention to this match we will by the way be watching this live or at least i will be there will be an xbox live party open and like i always say to people you don't need an xbox just the app that you can get on android or ios and you can more than happily join us for an open group discussion i may even have a few drinks to be honest because it's probably going to be quite a rough weekend i think emotionally so i'll probably be getting drunk and getting quite rowdy so um come and join me for that <laughs> that should be a laugh um and i'm sure Kyle will join me and we'll definitely be reviewing the uh show directly afterwards so if you are watching it please do not hesitate to contact us across all our social media with any thoughts you have on the show as it's going on if something pisses you off let's feel that organic rage send us a little message let us know and we will give you a shout out and share all of your thoughts on our podcast because we don't mind uh, people having their fucking say We're not about ourselves You know We're here to entertain you And also to give you guys A platform as well as our own So It's as simple as that uh, LeBron James just made An insane free By the way For those of you Who are interested in basketball <laughs> Because ultimately I'd rather watch Denver versus the Lakers Than Fucking Cesaro And Shinsuke I hate to break it into They're great workers But they're fucking boring I guess they're also My choice to win Even though I don't really care so yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Luchan's party just because I don't give a shit and I can't win anyway because I'm the one doing the art. So like what am I going to do? Draw myself something? Well, I can do that anytime. Uh Women's tag team match could actually have the potential to be quite good. Nia Jackson, and Shayna Baszler defend their championships against the Riot Squad, Ruby Riot and the ever-scintillating Liv Morgan. She's so hot. So, so hot. Like, shit. Like, volcanic.
2: She's like like, six years my
0: junior, but that's not weird because my parents were 10 years apart. So, like, that's totally fine. (laughs) Uh, I was about to say something like, oh, age is just a number, but then I realized that was (laughs) coming from me as the oldest guy on the wrestle block. But, like, you know, at the end of the day, well, I mean, there's 10 years between me and my partner, and we're happy. So, whatever. Yeah, I'm I'm going to
2: say, (laughs) where's the i I'm going to say Shayna and Naya retain. Because they they just won. Mm. So they got uh they got time to, you know, kick some ass. But I would love oh. to see the riot squad finally get what uh, what I think they deserve. I think their original run was really good. Mm. Better than uh that was Paige's group. Um the
0: right.
2: It it's <laughs> it started with R. It wasn't retribution because that was a that's this one. I remember what
0: it was called, but um, I like surprised. What when it was her Charlotte and Becky, or is that no. too far back?
2: No, it, it was uh, her.
0: Oh, um, Mandy. Mandy and uh, Sonia. Yeah, and they weren't fire and desire. Yeah, I don't remember. It was so bad I completely wiped it yeah. from memory.
2: Yeah, it started with an R as well. I think, but. No.
0: Yeah, I just remember Paige coming out and going, I'm back. That was about it.
2: Yeah. So, I, th- yeah, they're... Uh, Shayna and I are going to retain. The match yeah. will probably be fun. I could imagine uh, Ruby will, like, sell her ass off. She'll get her ass kicked. and, and it'll, it'll be good fun, I think.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, you've pretty much hit it now. I actually think psychologically this could be quite good as well because the idea is... The, the riot squad are a tag team. They're fluid as a tag team, whereas Shayna and um, Nia Jax, who have been fantastically named by the hardest part of the ring as uh, Shaynaia Payne, <laughs> which I think is phenomenal. I don't know how they haven't gone with that yet. Um, I just, they're just brute force, but they're two people who still don't like each other. And I kind of like that dynamic. Reminds me of when Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle were tag team champions you know this kind of thing of like i fucking hate you i hate you too but we're really good as a tag team and that (laughs) works for the bar as well and sometimes it does work it's not you know my rule of thumb is always that i always go for the actual tag team but with the women's tag team division it's let's be honest it's pretty shit You know, the Kabuki Warriors, notwithstanding, who I thought were fucking awesome as the Team champions. And also, I thought Sasha and Bailey brought a lot of credibility to it. But outside of that, I think it's been pretty garbage. Um, So for me, like, I'm kind of willing to be a bit more forgiving with the kind of nature of singles wrestlers going together, particularly as they've got literally no one other than the Ryan squad to take them on. So, yeah, uh, but I do think that um, uh, Shania Payne will retain. There you go. A little bit wrong for you. Bailey defends her WWE Smackdown Women's Championship against Nikki Cross uh, I've got Bayley uh, I think we're going to build and build and build and build to Bailey versus Sasha Banks unless Sasha Banks is going to attack her on here but I think that would be a bit of a misnomer I think it would be better for uh, for um, Sasha Banks to win the Rumble and then take on Bailey at WrestleMania and have it as a big moment. But obviously, a lot of that will depend on whether fans can actually get into these arenas yet yeah, and watch them. Because if that's still not the case by WrestleMania, then it just won't have the feeling that it could have anyway.
2: You see, I was going to pick uh, Nikki Cross because I thought, yeah, Sasha's going to buck around and uh, cost Bailey. But now that you've said that, I, I mean, I would love for these two to get... A program at media in front of you know ninety thousand people. Mm. I think that would be just absolutely incredible. But uh, you know, give even uh, over here, COVID cases have spiked again since uh, school same went it. back
0: in. Yeah, same.
2: Because people just forget how to you know be safe and not die. So uh, fuck those people and. Uh, mm. Yeah. Like yeah, a fucking I, I would, mask on. <laughs> it's not that like fucking I would, hard. I was at Walmart today and I saw about six or seven people wearing their mask under their nose.
0: Yeah, see, now, I, yeah. Like, I, so I went in my local supermarket earlier, very early this morning. I'm talking like, you know, as it opened and it's normally fairly quiet in there. And at one point I was struggling to breathe a little bit because I am shock of horrors, slightly asthmatic, because, you know, giant nerd. And so I sort of lifted the mask and breathed through my nose a bit. And even then, just that one moment, I thought... That's stupid. Put your fucking mask back on properly. No, I'll just put it up and just dealt with it because boo fucking who. So, you know what? Just deal with it. But, yeah, it's uh, – I mean, we, we'll leave the politics for the end of the podcast because I do have a couple of things to say because, frankly, I'm just fed up at this point with the world. <laughs> I'm pissed off of it. So you can skip that at the end if you need to because I know a lot of you people are like, oh, we don't know how you're getting into politics. We just want entertainment and swearing. Okay, well, you'll get plenty of that either way. So, yeah, um. Uh, where are we oh yeah beta, Yeah, I want uh, I'm gonna retain. go with Bailey now yeah I, yeah, I, I you say? yeah I just hope they don't spunk it I really don't because if Sasha Banks attacks her now it's like oh yeah we'll do it we'll do it at the next pay-per-view no like what's the next one TLC or whatever oh wait no Survivor Series Survivor Series or, yeah there would uh, be Survivor Series yeah yeah so like unless they squeeze in Battlegrounds or something <laughs> um, so yeah um, WWE huh. 2K Battlegrounds Great balls Because that's where women Should be fighting Under a massive pair of balls it's Vince McMahon in a nutshell Get <laughs> it, <In a> nutshell <laughs> oh, I was going to make a very
2: Off-color joke about Sasha Banks But that's already happened once Jesus. And I don't want that to come back I'm In a little in bit, I don't years. ever want
0: to hear The term off-color And Sasha Banks in the same sentence again <laughs> Thank you very much right, we'll, we'll leave that to the American public Ooh, sorry. I'm pretty
2: sure everyone knows I find her the most beautiful one On this
0: entire planet Yeah She's um yeah, <laughs> damn. Uh, Drew McIntyre defends his WWE Championship in an ambulance match against Randy Orton. Randall, Randall Keith, Randall Keith, Keith, Keith Randall Keith, Randall, 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 Keith. Randall Keith. Go on, and uh, have at it. It's your boys. Uh, I mean,
2: it gets harder and harder to not choose Randy Orton to win oh, because I it was he's doing about Sasha Banks. <laughs> No, no, we could we could be here for hours for that. We should we need to k- keep on topic, Kyle. Come on. I'd li- like focused. to I'd like
0: to feel like I'd be there for hours with Sasha Wings, but ultimately I don't think i will be able to contain myself longer than about I don't know. I don't know, send in your bets as to how long you think I'd last with Sasha Banks. in a fight or during well, a sexy fight. <laughs> as Can they I, call it in Bojack Horseman. <laughs> Is I think this one she of t- our sexy fights. <laughs> I think if she touched me that'd be it. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just Oh just, shotgun Kyle strikes. <laughs> Uh, the two, that's why they call them the twelve gauge baby.
2: <laughs>
0: Bam! Uh, Bam! Give her, give her a shot like... for my spice weasel. <laughs> uh, so, Bam! <laughs> Bam! We're gonna knock it up another notch. Bam! <laughs> Fucking great stuff. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so yeah. uh, WWE title. What? Oh, right, yeah, wrestling. Uh, Yeah, WWE Championship Ambulance match. Uh, Drew McIntyre defends against Randy Orton. I've got Randy Orton finally overcoming this. I think they're going to finally pull the rug out from under poor old Drew. Yeah, like, it gets
2: harder and harder to not vote for Randy because he's doing the work of his career right now. Mm. Yeah, he is. (laughs) It's just, it is incredible, the stuff he's been doing. And as much as I love Drew, as much as I don't know... How many people guessed Drew to win the Rumble when I did in January? Because we had the PvP. That's kind of how I got back on the show. Because I'm
0: like, you know, put PvP in. And I uh, one, I think one person did. Yeah, yeah. They, I I said yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. You had Drew. I said during the match once he eliminated Lesnar, I felt like he was going to win, but until then, mm-hmm. I had no clue.
2: Because yeah, I don't know why. But I was like, yeah, I think Drew's gonna win. And then, yeah, when he kicked uh, Lesnar in the face, I'm like, that's it, that's it. He's gonna, he's going all the fucking
0: way. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was phenomenal. It was, uh, yeah. And I think Drew's had an amazing run, and I think beating Randy Orton, uh, I think it was SummerSlam, helped to legitimize his title run a little bit for me. Um, And then obviously he wasn't on payback was he because of the injury sustained by Randy Orton which is why Keith Lee got his opportunity and Keith Lee done Randy Orton in six minutes but somehow which is admirable and I really appreciate that and I've got no problem with it but then also you have this kind of I don't know what's going on it feels like it's kind of like it's good but it could be slightly better. There's a slight inconsistency here. Inconsistency is going to be the key to this podcast, really. I'm talking about a lot of inconsistencies. For me, you know, I don't have a problem. Like, Keith Lee being Randy Orton's fucking amazing. I thought it was one of the coolest moments, actually, at the back end of this year has had in wrestling, especially in a really rough year overall, just in general for everyone. But at the same time, you know, Randy Orton's the one coming out of it, you know, looking strong. He punted Keith Lee in the head on Raw this week, and Dex Drew again. It just feels like... They're not going to consistently, consistently, excuse me, have Randy Orton lose, which is why I've got him win it. I thought they pulled a plug at SummerSlam on Drew's career, but at least Drew got that big win, and he got it in such a really cool and unique way for me. So, and that was quite memorable to remember him. You know that match where neither guy used the finisher. know there was no false finishes and i like that because these matches today are just fucking laden with them so yeah i i I do think this is uh orton's time number 14 has arrived i think
2: well i was uh i was on tour the other day and i don't remember it might have been sean Rossap, who as far as i'm concerned is a very credible reporter i think
0: i hate um but at the same time, people seem to like him. I just think he's a dickhead. He just spends a lot oh, of his yeah. time making apologies for WWE and all of this nonsense. So yeah, he just he just yeah. annoys the fuck out of me, to be yeah. honest. I definitely I
2: definitely think he's a bit of a cock, but he seems to be a rather respected journalist. But that's mm. not his yes, yeah. but um he I think I think this was him anyway. It was something about uh the fact that Keith Lee has had like, you know, was it like ten or twelve matches? since he was called up mm. and the only like real clean finish he had was the win over Randy. Like all of his other yeah. matches have been like f- screwy finishes.
0: Yeah. Or no finishes at all. Like, exactly. Somebody in it. Yeah. Like I'm, yeah. Like eventually you got to get him. Eventually Keith Lee. Uh, sorry. Uh, eventually Keith Lee has to get away from these two, I think. And kind of carve out his own destiny. Uh, I think you would really spice up the United States Championship if you had Keith Lee versus Bobby Lashley. Just going to put that out there. Oh, that's, a,
2: a fucking, that's a big. Just, you're going to give light. me what
0: I want, or I'm going to kick your ass, Vince. I'm going to come over there and cause you to have another heart attack, you old piece of shit. I don't know if he already has one, had one or not. You kind of think he has in private, but maybe he doesn't have a heart at this point. Maybe it's just been replaced by a series of mechanical tubes. I mean,. So- working away to, remember, to keep uh, his soul alive.
2: Yeah, remember though, Captain Picard doesn't have—he has a artificial heart, and he's still an incredible captain and an incredible man. He's just not. You know Vincent Man is neither of those things. No, no. Exactly.
0: God, imagine if Patrick Stewart was in charge of WWE. <laughs> <laughs> it'd, just be it'd be, so, have it'd all be these... so
2: suave.
0: Like, yeah, exactly. We'd have so many Shakespearean novellas at the main event of Raw. It'd just be so classy. <laughs> I reckon it'd be too classy to handle. I think America would lose their shit. I mean you said that's what NXT UK should be, it should have fucking Jean-Luc Picard in charge. Yeah, I've never said anything more nerdy in all my fucking life we're about to get to the news the random news topic so look out and i know we've already discussed wine but how could you not open with www.wines.com which by the way is also a fucking domain that they bought fuck off um finally uh roman reigns versus jay uzo in the match that i am watching this whole show for uh i love the uzos they are so special to me i think they're genuinely one of the greatest tag teams of all time now uh, i really believe that and most definitely the modern era of course with jimmy being injured jay has stepped up to the plate here and i love the storyline behind it not st- still not overly hot on roman reigns just walking in and become a universal champion again but it's definitely a lot better than the i'm the big dog it's my yard like at least there's a little bit more darkness and an aura to it. And Paul Heyman Hello, certainly darkness, adds a to friend. that. Exactly. Exactly. I like it. It's a bit more of an emo kind of Roman thing, which I appreciate um, very much so. And obviously the idea of Jey Uzo being in a huge main event caliber match is thrilling. You know what? We give WWE a lot of shit. got to give them credit here. They're starting their neck out. just like they did with Jinder Mahal, and I know people hated it, and I loved it, because I love me some Jinder, but I like it when they do something fresh that we've never seen before, and Jey Uzo being a number one contender for the Universal Championship is something we haven't seen before, and I do have it on very good authority that Jey Uzo is pretty much good to go, or close to being good to go, apparently. That's what I've read from all of these sources, which to be fair, normally pretty bang on the money for this, so I have a feeling that we're going to get a combination of the Uzo's and Roman Reigns down the line. They've been really Hyping up the Samoan tradition, you know, the tribal chief, which I really like. I think Paul Heyman is you know what doing what Paul Heyman does. He might be a shit ass bastard. Who stitches so many people up? But my god, he's like Don King, baby. He can sell anything, and he has sold this to me really well. And to be honest, it was sold to me as soon as I heard Jey was number one contender, and that was probably the one thing that I regret about not watching SmackDown over the last few weeks was the fact that I missed him winning that match because I genuinely would have gone spare over that moment. So, but that being said, Roman Reigns is going to retain. There is no way they're giving the Universal Championship to Jey But hopefully, it'll at least be a fun, competitive, hard hitting match. And we might have some Samoan shenanigans later down the line. Maybe a return to the Samoan hit squad. You know, so what was it? The Samoan SWAT team? I think it was. Which yeah, would be yeah, very very there. cool. Yeah, I, I think they should go with the same name as well. And honor the tradition. Honor the tradition. Excuse me. So yeah, yeah I'm, I've got. I'm, also, uh, I've yeah, got I'm with Roman too. Yeah, it's hard to yeah, past over so, internet. Yeah,
2: I mean, like it's so so cool seeing. Uh, is is it Jimmy or is it Jake? I always forget. Jake. Jake. Well. Okay. All these Usos because, look the same. Am I right, Marl? I, I mean, it's just, like I said, the, the Usos have, I think, a lot of people still sleep on the Usos, even though, like, you know, their matches with the new in mm. 2017 and 2018 were just the best things in the fucking world.
0: The They're second best head in the cell of all time. That's the second best hit for me. It goes, number one, Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels at Bad Blood, which, by the way, we did a watch-along for on YouTube. Cheap plugs. You check that out, definitely, if you want something to do to help pass the time. And number two, I believe, is that Hell in a Cell between the New Day and the Uzo's. I think that is one of the greatest tag team gimmick matches in the history of wrestling. I really believe that. I gave that match oh, five uh, stars. It's, 110%. It
2: it's was, a piece of magic. It was so good. But, yeah, I would love to see... uh, Jay get title just You know just add some more credibility To the Anawaii family The Samoan dynasty they've got going But yeah Roman's definitely going to retain Paul Hammond could sell Water to a fish Just he is Just a brilliant He's a brilliant promoter Maybe he's not great at paying his employees On time but he's a brilliant (laughs) promoter
0: Or at all. So,
2: so, you know, you you win some, you lose some. But this match, I think if Jimmy's good to go, I think uh, maybe he makes a return on Sunday. Maybe Roman goes full heel and just starts to beat Jay down after. Jimmy comes back and goes, hey, bro, what the fuck? Mm. I think that'd be a little cool thing. Um, I've seen reports saying, The Rock uh, says, it would make sense for me to face Roman at Mania. So, I mean, maybe that's something we have to look forward to.
0: (laughs) air quotes look forward to yeah oh jesus no i can't don't don't get me wrong (laughs) i love the rock and i don't mind roman but i don't want to see that no just the rock doesn't you you're like a billionaire at this point bruv (laughs) like just no like just no also you'll just tear something you are ginormous it's just, it's, Roman doesn't need to beat you to be credible. <laughs> he doesn't. He's already no. beaten The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Like, he doesn't need to beat Roidy Rock. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> need to happen. Allegedly, of course, I'm sure. <laughs> no, I, I think The Rock's all natural. Where's The Rock's wine? I'd buy that. Where's The Rock's wine? The Rock says, drink this wine. It doesn't matter what <laughs> you drink. Like, just, There's so many things you could put on it. It it writes itself, but no. We're getting fucking, you know, coke fiend warrior and ultimate zombie. Like, (laughs) come on, man. man. (laughs) You know. Oh, Oh, by the way, everyone who's fucking getting upset about me taking cheap shots at people like Ultimate Warrior and Jimmy Snooker when they're dead, fuck you. When those guys were alive, you cunts buried the living shit out of them. Now all of a sudden they're dead. You want to feel sympathy and misery for them? Like I obviously feel a lot of sympathy and tragedy for Ultimate Warrior's passing, and particularly his family. But that doesn't fucking somehow wipe out the fact that he was a piece of shit in this business. And the same goes for Jimmy Snooker, who is allegedly a fucking murderer. So, you know what? Excuse me if my sympathy does not overfloweth for the people who still want to fucking bury their heads in the sand about people being cunts. It's as simple as that. Um, But yeah, Clash of Champions, there it is. There you have it. It was supposed to be a quick fire predictions, but somehow it went into some pseudo-political ramp. Uh, So... (laughs) It is what it is. So, yeah, Class of we'll be watching this Sunday. A party will be open. Now then, Mr. Wilkinson, there will be some quick fire news before we uh, leave with a little bit of a somber tone. In fact, let's just get on with it, shall we? As far as somber tones go, Road Warrior Animal sadly passed away a couple of days ago. Uh, He was just 60 years old. Uh, reunited with his brother Hawk in the wrestling heavenly gates, or at least we hope if there is such a thing. Uh, Rogue Warrior Animal, of course, very famous as part of the Rogue Warriors. Uh, I mean, what can you say about the Legion of Doom as well? Like, Just a really special tag team over the years. Uh, it can be a little bit marginalized by going back and watching it because hawk was notorious for being a shit seller <laughs> he would not sell for anyone you know he was like first up every time he took a finish and stuff like that um but that being said there is no denying the credibility of such a legendary tank team and at one point the legend of doom were by far and away my favorite tag team i remember in the sort of early to mid 90s i was road warrior mad Absolutely loved him. So, yeah. Simply put, um, thoughts and prayers, and obviously, massive condolences on the passing of uh, Mister Joe oh, Lawrence. Joe Lawrence. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. I was, um Sorry. I'm very unfortunate time to uh, yeah have a fucking gas movement there. But yeah, Joe Lawrence, uh, better known as Road Warrior, Animal, rest in power, my friend.
2: It, it's incredibly sad. Like I was too young to really enjoy the. The Road Warriors at their peak. Uh, Like I've gone back and watched stuff. The pop they got at like WrestleMania like six and seven. Even Mm. when they came back at fourteen. Yeah. Like with L O D two thousand.
0: Although it has to be said, I was was that with Draws? Uh yes. Or was it Yeah. Or was it Cause, originally... Uh, I know, because they had that horribly distasteful angle, didn't they, with Draws where, you know, um, Hawk was going through real-life alcoholic uh, yeah, substance abuse Yeah, and they turned into issues. a storyline. Yeah, and they tried to commit suicide, and then Draws pushed him off the Titan Tron. Vince McMahon, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
2: and then I think Hawk died later that year. Earlier uh, the next year.
0: Better. It yes, was pretty yeah, soon died, after. Yeah. yeah, I think he died a few years on, but I do know that Hawk has been got long gone for some time at this point, which is obviously not a good thing, but, you know, he, he had a lot of struggles and a lot of battles, and it always felt like Animal was kind of the more um, level-headed of the two. I think that's fairly safe to say. Actually,
2: but. Um, have you seen uh, The Dark Side
0: of the Ring with the Road Warriors? I have not, no. That's something I it's need to watch. really, really good. Mm, yeah, that's, that's definitely something I'll enjoy, and probably there's more onus on me watching it now, obviously, unfortunately, because of his passing, and like so many people involved in wrestling, it always feels like they become even more legendary once they pass on, but there's no denying that the Rogue Warriors, um, you know, in their primer for so long, so special and also real trailblazers, particularly Road Warrior Animal. Actually, um, I remember he was on Cog Cabana's podcast uh, a couple of years back, uh, talking about um, the way that he had sort of, you know, become an entrepreneur and he created his own fashion line and things like that of compressions and stuff like. Just a very cool human being, and a lot of people speak very highly of him. And they were very intense. You know, they were everyone's cup of tea, particularly backstage, but one thing you could always rely on was the professionalism and star power, particularly in Animal, uh, who worked in a number of different companies, including NJPW, and yeah, he's, um, you know, he will, he will be sorely missed. He was also a team player, I always appreciate that. I know people laugh a little bit when him and Heidenreich were tag team champions and stuff like that, but do you know what? He could have easily just sort of, you know just kind of spat in the direction of an angle like that. But he wanted to give the opportunity for a guy like Heidenreich to get over a bit. And, you know, who doesn't want to live out their dream wearing the famous road warrior shoulder guards? Like, that's something that will live in absolute infamy and there's been some wonderful tributes to them particularly art wise I haven't done one myself yet would like to do one um, but there's been some wonderful tributes so I just wanted to give a shout out to so many people who, as well who have done some amazing pieces of art there's a lovely one of the two figurines I don't know if you've seen this the two figurines standing there and there's like a light shining and Hawk is standing there and he's holding uh, a tag team title and the other oh. pair of shoulder guards and he's offering them to Animal who's like there at the gates, is that guy Kind of thing of like welcome back brother and it's like it's, it's very beautiful you know little things like that so it's lovely to know that despite being predominantly a tag team wrestler he's still remembered incredibly fondly and you know credit to AEW as well who are always straight off the mark making sure that they show love to people even if they were you know predominantly WWF talents or you know NWA talents whatever it is they still have a duty, I think, to remember and respect these legends. And they did a really good job of that and mentioned him throughout the broadcast on dynamite. So I've got a lot of respect for that. So yeah. Um just put a pin on it really. Rest in power. Joe Laura, and I, unfortunately, no longer with us as Rhode Warrior Animal. Um, passed away at the age of sixty. Uh, Other news, a few little tidbits before we wrap things up. God, I had to write down a crib sheet of things because it was just so stacked this week, and I wanted to make sure everything was covered. Uh, Ivar has successfully undergone neck surgery. You might have noticed Ivar has not been around for a little while. That has severely hampered the tag team division in its own right on Raw. Uh, But his surgery was successful. However, it is scheduled to be a long Rehabilitation, so it's a very good opportunity. Well, very good chance, should I say, that Ivar's probably not going to be available for at least a year. So there you go. That's, uh, that's that. Um, Tegan Eric, Knott, can just
2: there. stay at uh, Raw Underground for a while because he does seem like a badass when he's down there.
0: Yeah, actually, yeah. I quite enjoy him uh, down there. Raymond Rowe or uh, Eric. <laughs> just <a> terrible fucking name. <laughs> Hi, I'm Eric. <laughs> <Fuck> <laughs> yeah, that's very Viking, isn't it? <laughs> Mm, yeah, I know, very Norse, isn't it? You know, Valhalla, look at some Valhalla. Hey, Eric, pass us a spear, brother. <laughs> <For> fuck's, <laughs> fuck's sake, like, fucking just... We will die in the halls of Valor with Eric. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Just, just like it doesn't quite work as well in 300 if he shouts, this is Eric, like <laughs> nah, it's not really working for me i mean i i could kind of understand but creative in a nutshell an absolute nutshell it's just fucking cheap uh nxt uk have decided that they just can't help themselves and need to piss off more people <laughs> um so nxt uk of course has continued it was on again today uh volta was in action worth checking out absolutely but the big news coming out of nxt uk is the fact that glenn joseph who was of course part of the progress ownership as well who stepped down after the speaking arm movement step down for progress has also now been released from nxt uk at least as a creative he might have been released or left i think he might have left for personal reasons but i think he might have left full time now from nxt uk meaning that jim smallman is now in charge of creative for nxt uk jim smallman of course knows then joseph well they both owned progress together jim smallman was kind of the face of progress he's the uh plucky Welsh lad that you would have seen wearing the baseball cap and saying hello at any progress shows that you might have checked out on the network and that he's the MC and the announcer and everything else in between um, but yeah he'll be taking charge of creative but he'll be reporting to Sean Michaels who is apparently in charge of the day-to-day for NXT UK, which is a really? strange situation to have. I don't think it's a bad thing, but yeah. Uh, I also mentioned last week, and of course, I'm going to cough a load of heat for this, I know, and about Humble pie, I said that Jim Smallman, um, you know, the the fact that we kind of have just given him a pass over the Speaking Out movement, and he's not really said much, is a little bit concerning, but of course he wouldn't have if he's working for WWE. Um, that being said, I'm not sure how much of a move in the right direction this is. Uh, for me, progress was good, but I never felt like progress was world-class and creative. You know, it was good for an indie, but this is a different level. And if you want this brand to be credible, um, then, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's why he's still reporting to Shawn Michaels. I don't know, but there's potential there. So, you know, I won't give it too much grief. I'll wait and see. But the other bit of news that comes out as well is apparently there was a numerous amount of reshoots that had to take place during their first set of tapings for nxt uk due to the rusty and out of shape nature of the personnel and trainers and wrestlers involved which means the you can't
2: say it like that
0: oh no um, yeah yeah my apologies um
2: Well, not that um, you I can't know. say it like that, but the fact that people said it like that, just, like, overall, just... Oh, good, I it thought makes it, it made sound sound like, horrible faux pas or something. No, 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 like. no, you're fine, but the person, like, that you're, you know, saying said that makes it sound like, well, the NXT UK guys were just sitting around with a thumb up their ass while this whole thing was going on. That's yeah. what it sounds like. That's what it infers. Whether or not that's true, I would say, is more than likely false. So I would assume the superstars, you know, they work out all the time. That's just a thing that they do. I'm sure they found a ring somewhere to do something. But just the way it sounds it makes it sound like, yeah, they were all just know, sitting around jacking each other off in the back. Or uh, That's pretty much what they're, impropri-
0: yeah, that's impropri- pretty impropri- what they're implying. Yeah, that's pretty much what they're Passes
2: out underage women.
0: Yeah, I mean, the exact quotation is that they were rusty and multiple reshoots were needed to... You know, make the matches. I mean, the idea of reshooting matches doesn't sit well with me. I get that you can get away with it when you haven't got an audience, so I understand it. But at the same time, it just it just feels so you know, we're trying to fucking make wrestling feel more legit, because when it does, it's much better. I feel like that's something that most people are on board with, or at least would agree with to a certain extent, even if they like a lot of the kiny nonsense. And yet Stuff like this, when you hear it, you just think, "Oh Jesus Christ!" Like, "Oh, that that backdrop wasn't crisp enough. Let's reshoot that again." Can you imagine doing that at an indie show in front of the crowd? <laughs> if you were just like, you know, hit a German, i oh, no, you didn't take the bum right." So, like, right, everyone just pretend they didn't see that. We're going to re-roll the tape. Let me go back through that. delete that, please. Right, okay, try that again, please. Like, no, like, you know, stop shooting it like it's a fucking major motion picture. You know, maybe camera quality wise, absolutely fine, but. <sighs> I don't know. I think mistakes are part and parcel of what wrestling is. And I think if someone's rusty, well, tough shit. But apparently, um, normally, they give them a one-week training camp before they do their tapings just to, you know, get them all jacked up and ready to go. Apparently, they've asked and demanded for a three-week training camp at a performance centre in the United Kingdom, which is based in North London, uh, Enfield, I think. Um, I don't know what their postcode is, although I might as well have given it with all the details I just gave it. But, um, yeah, apparently, three-week training camp uh, in in preparation for the next set of UK taping, so yeah, just a lot of things going on there, Uh, Pete Dunne's going to be a referee, which I don't understand at all like, you've got Pete Dunne available, why shouldn't why shouldn't he be used as a wrestler? I'm I'm not understanding that either. It's like they don't want, it's almost like they're admitting, right? NXT UK isn't very good, but they want, because Pete Dunne is an NXT star, not an NXT UK star. They've made this very clear over the past few weeks. And I'm wondering if whether there's a reason for this. Like, they're like, oh no, we don't want the stink. Of speaking out and everything all over Pete Dunne he's an American now <laughs> like he's not British shut up Like probably come out with a fucking American <laughs> flag on when he debuts in NXT when he's able to travel again and obviously travel restrictions are being enforced again unfortunately due to uh, another supposed spike according to our government although actually there's a lot of scientific stats to prove that we're having uh, our lowest ever mortality rate since it began so surely that must be a good thing but not according to Boris Johnson the wavy head wank gibbon so so, there's that to factor in So it's looking like Pete Dunne's going to be around here for quite a while And that's just, if that's the case I don't want to see him refereeing every week No, thank you uh, That pretty much wraps it up for the news mate. Anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to add to this Bumper edition of the State of Wrestling Address?
2: No, I think we covered Everything, it
0: was a Hell of a week, I mean there's
2: Smackdown tomorrow But I, have, I think that's, I mean. If- <laughs> I know, I think I saw something on Twitter about Alexa Bliss against Lacey Evans,
0: but... I mean... Yeah, from an image standpoint, pretty good. I'll be watching the Miami Heat because my beloved Heat are one win away from the NBA finals where they will meet either the Lakers or the Nuggets. I'm hoping it's the Nuggets because that will upset all of the incredibly woke fucking uber-leftist toolboxes that love the NBA. By the way, I love the NBA. Uh, I'm just not left or right. I'm a human being. Go fuck yourself you your dumb labels. And that's something actually I wanted to bring up. Um, I don't know if you want to add any cadence to this, but you're welcome to. So this is the political part of the podcast where we wrap things up, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate it's not for everybody. So if you don't want to listen, feel free to fucking cut off now. But I wanted to quickly talk about the um, the news that has been handed down courtesy of Louisville, Kentucky in America, where the individuals and the police involved that murdered, let's be honest, murdered uh, Brianna Taylor in cold blood in her home during a warranted invasion of sorts for what I believe was drug paraphernalia, uh, have basically got off scot-free. The judge and juries and everything involved in that have essentially said, yeah, we're not going to charge him. And the only charge actually being brought is against the police for a misdemeanor against her partner, who, of course, opened fire, which is what led... Now, I would like to point out in this scenario, right, that Breonna Taylor was an EMT, or at least training to be an EMT, somebody who was going to be on the front line, giving her life to try and improve the quality of people during a vicious pandemic in what we're led to believe could genuinely claim the lives of millions of people. She was gunned down in her own home due to, you know, at the end of the day, her partner had opened fire because these might I point out ununiformed individuals burst into her home and You know, they shot her. She was not armed. That's, I mean, that's surely the biggest red flag right there. But the fact that he was defending his property, he believed these people to be intruders. And they did not announce that they were the police until after they had murdered her. They, this is, I'm sorry, but at some point you have to say this is racially motivated. Um You know, and it is. We all know this, but people want to bury their heads in the sand. And what is most alarming is that the people defending this incident are saying that, well, what do you expect? You open fire on the police. These are the same people who believe that guns and their right to bear arms should be remain untouched these are the people who say that they have a right to protect their loved ones with firearms so why is it that when a black individual does that all of a sudden you want to forego the arguments and the claims that you have made for the benefit of your own argument because frankly you are closetly racist i've seen a lot of people making arguments on social media white people surprise who say that racism isn't, isn't actually a big thing that apparently according to these people The media just makes it look like that, and they make white people feel guilty and make them terrified of coming out and having an opinion because they might be racist. So what they're basically saying is racism doesn't exist. These are the same people who probably deny the Holocaust, you know, these fucking lunatics, these absolute fucking mental health asylums of people who, frankly— don't even warrant oxygen. The kind of people who thought voting in Donald Trump in the first place was a good idea. I actually get why Donald Trump was voted in. Because a lot of I'm glad of people, you do.
2: Because I've been thinking about it for the last four years.
0: <laughs> the reason... No, I get it. I don't think it's a good idea. But I get why. Because <laughs> a lot of very stupid... Let's frankly, let's put it how it is. A lot of retarded people voted in this what's-it-headed, fuck-face, squirrel-bag cunt because they thought, hey, you know what? He speaks his mind. And that's what we all want. So in a way, we're all to blame. We all whinge, don't we? I want my politics. I want my politicians to say how it is. I'm sick and tired of them fucking, you know, being politicians, which is kind of their thing. Um, you know, we didn't want someone with class and elegance and wonder like Barack Obama. It's hard to believe that five years ago we had the first ever black president in the United States. I'm not American, and people are going to be like, you've got no fucking right to say. Uh, Yes, I fucking do, because your bullshit affects the world, not just you. We are all part of one gigantic fucking rock. These are the same cunts who are like, oh, I can't wait till we leave the EU. Brexit this, Brexit that. Mate, I can't even get a decent breakfast. Never mind a decent Brexit. Sort your fucking <laughs> shit out. He's I'm sorry, funny. I shouldn't laugh at that, but <laughs> yeah, but that's just the idea. It's bring. I'll well, try to bring a bit of humour to it because it's infuriating. And you know, this is another in a faux pas of incidents. And you know, people are going to be like, "This is a Russian podcast. Don't want to hear it." Like I said, turn it off if it fucking pisses you off that much. I, I'm going to have my say. Right. America's become, I love America. People know this. I stay up to ungodly hours chatting to people from North America and obviously people from Canada as well. And Kyle in particular, but I love America. Anyone who knows me knows I love my American football. I love basketball. I love American food. I love American people. I love a lot of the freedoms. I don't necessarily disagree with the right to bear arms, although I think it should be far more fucking controlled and managed than it is. I think it's ridiculous. But, but at the same time, America has become a cesspool Cesspool. of violence and racism and how anyone at this point can honestly think it's okay for this amount of black people to, and their argument is always, what about all the white people that are murdered? What? What What do you mean? What about all the white people that are murdered? They get fucking justice more often than not. They get fucking judicial practice. The majority of white people that are murdered, as you say, you know, normally there is a very legitimate cause as to why. But surprise, this might shock you. The police aren't meant to shoot or murder anybody. Their job is to incapacitate and then use the justice system to decide and deliberate as to what the punishment should be for an individual based on their crimes. It should not be, you're black, I'm going to burst into your house, and when someone opens fire on me, that gives me complete freedom to shoot anything in sight. That's such an American thing, and the same people trying to defend this blatantly violent racist action are the same people who are saying that it's okay to have a firearm in your house and to use it to defend yourself and your property in invaders and there's no excuse here because it's not like they were wearing FBI vests or they had police written in big old fucking letters or anything they didn't even announce that they were police officers what would you in that scenario do as an individual if you were in your home, if you are a legally by the way, his firearm was registered He was legally entitled to own a firearm. Obviously, no one's legally entitled to just open fire. But at the same time, he's legally entitled to defend his property and his people. If someone burst into my house with firearms, I would have no choice but to exercise as much possible violence, self-defense, whatever you want to call it, to protect me and my partner and my family. And you can fucking believe if you tried to break into my house, I would bring every last bit of fire left in my soul, whether I should die or not. So why is it not... A right for the black people to be allowed to defend themselves, but it is all right for you gun toting white trash, redneck pieces of shit to wander around with AR 16s in the fucking supermarket. That's okay, apparently, because hillbilly Fuck Bob decided that it's okay. Oh, I could carry as many weapons as I like because it makes me feel like a man. But I swear to God, if I see one more of them N words walking around with firearm, I'm going to lose my shit. It's because they are so systemically racist that it is so difficult. And honestly, I'm disgusted and I am heartbroken that Brianna Taylor will not get justice. She was murdered in cold blood by the police. And there will be no justice for that. So you know what, America? Don't come fucking crying every single time people decide to take the streets or people decide to riot. Because you have forced people into a position where they have no choice but to react aggressively and riotously. And yet the majority still, to this day and age, amaze me. Um, the black community, I am astonished at their humility and their passion and their sense of decorum under astonishing and systematic racism that is still present in their country. So, it doesn't mean fuck all, and I know it doesn't mean fuck all to anyone, but WrestlePlug throws its full fucking weight behind the justice for black people and for equality in this world, because it shouldn't be that fucking hard for me to go outside and not be racially abused for being mixed race and not have to see black people marginalized simply because a white man is threatened by the color of someone's skin.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's much more I could add to that. I mean, I'm not of mixed race. I'm fucking pure white bread. That's just, (laughs) I know, right? Jesus, Shocking. But I mean, like it's, it is 2020. Racism has been long and rampant throughout humankind's history. Mm. Six million people were murdered, burned alive, gassed, you name it, because they were scapegoated because of their religion. Anyone who's a Holocaust denier, I would like you to come forward so we can meet, and then I can drown you in the pool of your own blood once there's (laughs) something left of your skull. Jesus. I mean, fair.
0: Absolutely fair.
2: Like, like, I'm, I'm not Jewish either, but to try what? and
0: deny, not...
2: <laughs> I know, I'm Sorry. just blowing you just away. Trying here.
0: To, just trying to bring a bit of humor <laughs> to it because he's it so vicious, but no, please carry on, mate.
2: Like, like, you try and deny that. You look in the face of someone whose grandfather or father or any sort of family member survived through that hell. Then you move on, or you go back even more. You go back to the American Civil War, the most, the bloodiest war ever fought. On American soil, brother versus brother, killing themselves or each other over the fact that you want someone else to cut your fucking lawn. or you know, whenever it was that they did it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that—that that is unfathomable. It was unfathomable then. It's even worse now. Like it's—it's it's not just black people that are being mistreated. It's you know. Those of trans, like those of transgender, or you know, anything like that. There, I think I've said this before there is an actress on the show Supergirl that I adore. She's, and uh, like, I've got the biggest crush on her ever. She's so adorable. She's transgender, but that doesn't mean shit to me. And yet, I see on her social media all the time, like, injustices against you know, transgender people just being, you know, there was one she put up just of. Three transgender women just being like beat up in the middle of the street, and people were just taping it instead of you know calling the cops or something. Not that they seem to want to do much help, like global situation, but uh like it's just the fact that there are so many different types of people in this world just being victimized and marginalized and just not given the basic human rights that we're all entitled to. It has nothing to do with you know, deserving it right? or any sort of label like that. It is, it is something we're entitled to. It is something we get just by being human. And so many people don't get that. And it just it blows my mind. It just, it's unreal.
0: It's terrifying living in a society where people are willing to play the ignorance card when it comes to the most vicious and most divisive things. There's something really potent about America in particular, and it, but racism is everywhere. I'm not going to sit here as a British individual and tell you that, oh, America's the problem. Fuck America. Like, no, it, it's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. There are so many – there are very few countries that have Legitimately, truly forward thinking in every sense. You know, there's a few that I believe are very much on that spectrum, places like Norway, I believe, to really have an astonishing, you know, handle on the way they deal with things and even their prison reform system and everything that comes with that. And there's a lot of knowledge to be learned. You guys can do the research if you wish, if you're that fascinated. You know, God knows there's plenty of time to do it at this point for a lot of us. But what scares me is the lack of education and the ignorance that comes with it. What scares me is the fact, you know, if you're of such mental destitute, destitution that you are willing to pretend or truly believe that six million Jewish people were not killed... And that was just a conspiracy theory. And don't get me wrong, anyone who knows me knows me. I love conspiracy theories, and I do believe in some wacky things. I do. I'm I'm not a flat earther or anything before I get lit up for anything like that. And I know as soon as I say that, people are like, well, you don't have any credibility. Of course I have credibility because I'm educated. Fuck you. Everyone's got credibility until they don't. You prove a lack of credibility. You know, and the reality is that it's all ignorance it's all a lack of education it really doesn't take very long to recognize that black people have spent the majority of their lives being marginalized which is why as a white man or even a mixed race man like myself I still have privilege that they do not. And one of the most poignant things, and I'll leave it here, is something I heard the other day while watching, of all things, the NBA. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that the NBA is amazing for all their forward thinking stuff that they're doing now. Frankly, them and the NFL are a bunch of fucking hypocrites because they all kicked off about the, you know, bending the knee and things like that. And now all of a sudden they all want to jump on the bandwagon and act like they're woke and give a shit. The NFL especially has got a lot to fucking answer for. And they don't get a pass. They completely blacklisted i'm not excusing the pun because that's the term they blacklisted colin kaepernick for taking the knee for having the guts to be out there front and center to believe in himself and to fight against the injustices against his people and now all of a sudden they want to fucking launch these huge media campaigns and have these songs prominent black actresses and actors that really hype up the idea of equality and it's like fuck you you have been contributing to that marginalization for decades But that being said, uh, one of these wonderful things I did see on the NBA was a letter that was actually read out by one of the hosts on TNT. Uh, He spoke about how white privilege affects people. And he said that a black man and a white man wake up every morning with white privilege. For the white man, that privilege is the ability to know that he can walk to the street, do the shopping, go for a drink, meet his friends and be expected to be treated with a certain level of dignity based on the way he looks. For the black man, the exact same thing. The difference is that the black man expects a very negative connotation in the way he looks. White privilege affects both people. Unfortunately, it only benefits one half of those people. Everybody else is marginalized because of that. And that is what white privilege is. Because when you wake up every morning as a white person, you do not have to undergo the systematic fear and terror that might become of you simply for looking different from your fellow man or woman, or anybody else who decides to look or appropriate themselves as a gender of their choosing. So, yeah, that's it from the Wrestle black, I'm afraid. Very somber tone to leave it at. But, Carl well, Wilkinson, I do appreciate you joining me for a whopper state of wrestling address. He'll definitely be back this weekend because we're going to be covering the Clash of Champions. Because apparently, that's the one night of the year where all the titles are on the line.
2: Oh, uh, don't worry, buddy. Next month, when Survivor Series, it's the one time of year when Raw and SmackDown go head to head.
0: Okay, it's hard to get hyped up, isn't it? When the world's burning in front of you like that, I would ask anybody out there, please, please, please. There's nothing wrong with being ignorant if you're willing to be educated. That's where the line draws. Please. Please read some articles, speak to people around you. Do not be afraid to talk to people of different color and different culture. They will open your eyes to injustice, but they will also open your eyes to incredible differences, unique diversities, and everything that comes with being of a different culture. There is nothing to fear from other cultures, there is only something to fear from the ignorant and the violent. That's the only thing. And we shouldn't even fear those people, they should be suppressed and removed cut out like a gigantic cancerous lump. Please look after your fellow man, woman, or however you choose to identify. It really isn't hard to push for equality. Equality should be the benchmark for what we all live in. It shouldn't be something we need to strive for, and unfortunately it is in 2020. And I think the world is burning enough without us trying to hate on each other for the way we look myself, Aaron Nix, and from Carl Wilkinson. Thank you very much for joining us for stay State Wrestling Address. We'll be back, like I say, this Sunday for Clash of Champions. Don't forget, send in those predictions, because the winner will get a piece of art. And don't forget, prowrestlingtees.com slash plug. If you buy a t-shirt, I will create a piece of art for you. Every single person who buys a t-shirt, if you get it in before midnight Sunday, essentially before Clash of Champions starts. Get yourself a t-shirt, let me know, and you will get a free piece of art. That is a promise from me. Take it easy again.
1: We are oppressed. We are exploited. We are downtrodden. We are denied not only civil rights, but even human rights. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against a common enemy. Who taught you to hate the texture of your hair? Who taught you to hate the color of your skin to such extent that you bleach to get like the white man? Who taught you to hate the shape of your nose and the shape of your lips? Who taught you to hate yourself from the top of your head to the soles of your feet? Who taught you to hate your own kind? Who taught you to hate the race that you belong to? So much so that you don't wanna be around each other. No, before you come asking Mr. Muhammad, does he teach hate, you should ask yourself, who taught you to hate being what God gave you? And I, for one, as a Muslim, believe that the white man is intelligent enough. If he were made to realize how black people really feel and how fed up we are without that old compromising sweet talk, stop sweet talking it. Tell him how you feel. Tell him how what kind of hell you've been catching, and let him know that if he's not ready. To clean his house up. If he's not ready to clean his house up, he shouldn't have a house. It should catch on
2: fire and burn down.